Hey guys, Kyle here with just a couple of quick notes before we start the episode. Uh, first of all, make sure to stick around at the end of the episode to hear about a special giveaway contest that Tim and I are doing for the first time on this episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues. Um, that'll be at the very end of the episode right before we wrap up, but just wanted to uh, put a reminder in here at the beginning so you guys know to stick around for that at the end. Also, I got to be a guest on the most recent episode of the Wampus Lair podcast along with uh, Jason and Carl who host that podcast and Michael Cohen from Frontlines and a whole bunch of other people. We had about 10 people in on that podcast just having a good time and talking Star Wars. So uh, head on over there if you want to check that out. I think uh, they should have that episode up already, or if not, they should sometime pretty soon this week. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks, and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program now. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news, and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. Welcome to episode 30 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, and we have got some huge news for you this week. This is your podcast for all the latest news and rumors related to Star Wars Episode 7, but this week in particular, we're going to be talking a lot of Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Um, as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my equally as excited co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Oh, yeah. Hey, Kyle. I think I'm feeling like how Dr. Snyder in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade described Indiana Jones and his father, giddy as a schoolboy, because <laughs> we got tons of awesome stuff to talk about. Stuff we've been waiting for for a long time has finally come to fruition. So, yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait. Yeah, we even had to uh, bump our schedule up a week because we've been usually recording about once every two weeks lately. But, uh, yeah, we got some big news this week, and I messaged you and was like, yeah, I don't think we can wait two weeks. We should do an episode next weekend. And uh, then we had even more big news come out by then. And so, yeah, this episode's going to be even more jam-packed than we originally thought. But it's going to be a lot of fun getting to finally talk about all this stuff. Oh, yeah, the news kept coming and coming every day. This was something new. I have to say, this is probably last week and up to today. It's probably been one of the best weeks of Star Wars we've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Let's uh, stop talking about how much we've got and just start uh, (laughs) knocking it out. Um, Right off the bat, we're going to start with the biggest news of the week, at least for us, because, you know, as longtime fans of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and people who lamented its cancellation, we finally have some release information for The Clone Wars bonus content episodes. Um, which started airing in Germany just this past weekend. And, uh, you know, I know on our last show we were talking about, oh, it's been, you know, a while since we've heard anything about it and they haven't said anything about a U.S. release and why is Germany getting it before us and yada, yada. But we finally have details. It's coming to Netflix on March 7th. And uh, actually the entire Clone Wars series is going to be on Netflix along with these 13 episodes that they're calling the Clone Wars The Lost Missions, which is basically 
um, in essence, season six, just not quite an entire season. It's 13 episodes, which is, uh, definitely a nice chunk and it's going to be able to, it's going to be, uh, great to be able to just watch some more Clone Wars again and see some new episodes. Oh yeah, man. I can't tell you how happy I was finally Thursday morning when this news broke. <laughs> um, first when I found out about it, I was, um, I was checking my phone. I didn't see anything, but then I saw a Facebook message from you letting me know, did you see the good news? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> like the one time I didn't check StarWars.com first, <laughs> the, the, right when I went there, I like, saw the news I've been waiting to see on that website for so long. The Lost Missions coming to Netflix March 7th. I was like, oh, finally. So it was almost like a relief feeling. <laughs> but then later on, um, when I was talking to my brother about it, he was all, yeah, they announced like real early in the morning, like 4 a.m. or something. I first saw like, what? It was that early? Like, you should have woke me up that time. <laughs> like, this is big stuff. I wanted to find out. <laughs> but it's like, man, I couldn't believe they chose it that early of a time to announce it. But regardless, it's just uh, so good to hear. I mean, the choice of it going to Netflix is something we speculated when they first announced the bonus content. Or, yeah, I got to start stop calling it that now. They have the official name, The Lost Missions, but... Then again, we should just start calling it season six. 13 episodes. Most series of this animated series, a full season for them is 13 episodes. So even though it's not what we're used to in the 22, it's season 13 episodes for a season is still pretty good. But yeah, just getting on Netflix is, I think, probably the best way other than releasing it on Blu-ray, which I think would have been the way I would have preferred it, mainly just because of the quality is better on Blu-ray. But I think Netflix was the next best thing I was hoping for. In particular, the way they're putting it out there, every single season of The Clone Wars, every episode, including the movie, the director's cut, like we got on the Blu-ray, just awesome. It's an awesome package it's going to be. It's going to be worth the monthly subscription for the Netflix streaming just for that, I would think. Yeah. Now, did they actually confirm that they're going to have the movie on there as well as uh, all the seasons? Yep, everything. Yeah, pretty much anything that was made for Clone Wars is going to be on there. Yeah, I will say part of me was maybe a little bummed because I'm like, oh, come on, you guys are putting the whole series on there now right after I block, after I bought the whole Blu-ray box. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I still think, you know, like you said, the watching it on Blu-ray is kind of still better quality. Plus, you get all the behind-the-scenes bonus features and commentaries and all that kind of stuff on the Blu-ray. So I'm still happy that I bought that. Um, but it's funny because actually recently I've got uh, – I have a Netflix subscription, but I've also been using Amazon Prime. Because um, I actually signed up for that over like before Christmas when I was doing a bunch of Christmas shopping on Amazon, and because I had had an Amazon student uh, like free trial or something like that before, um, usually Amazon Prime is like eighty dollars a year, but they gave it to me for a discount for like forty dollars a year, and you get oh, man, uh, nice. <laughs> well, and you get free two day shipping yeah. for you know the whole year that you have your membership, and uh, that's use that like that's all that Amazon Prime used to be, and then they added this uh, instant streaming to it, and so I kind of bought it when I was doing all my Christmas shopping just to get free two day shipping on everything, and then was like you know the video streaming is kind of an added bonus. Um, and then I was just starting to think like, maybe I should cancel my Netflix subscription cause I haven't been watching a ton of stuff on there and you know, the Amazon prime has a pretty good selection too. And so I could just use that and save myself some money. Um, cause it is kind of cheaper for a whole year of Amazon prime compared to, um, a whole year of Netflix. But now that the clone wars is coming, I'm like, Nope, I am definitely keeping my Netflix subscription. 
um, at least until I've watched all the season six episodes multiple times. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be great to just have that accessible. I mean, we won't have to sit through commercials. We won't have to wait a week in between episodes. We won't have episodes spoiled by the little cartoon network commercials and stuff. Okay. Little side tangent here. Do you remember in season four, um, the episode shadow warrior with the Gungans and general Grievous and everything? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Did Cartoon Network spoil that episode for you? Um, I don't recall it did, actually. I mean, I don't think there was anything really that shocked me when I watched it. But at the same time, I don't remember knowing anything about it before I saw it either. Because, uh, well, for anyone who maybe is just getting into the Clone Wars and hasn't seen this episode yet, spoiler warning. But they would show these little, it was like when they were going to commercial break or when they were coming back from commercial break, they would just show these little short clips on Cartoon Network and they'd say, you know, now back to Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And they would just show like a brief clip from an episode, but it was like the week before that episode aired. And so it was, I don't know, probably during like the water war or whatever, the early episodes of season four. And, uh, they were like now back to Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And they showed Grievous fighting Captain Tarples and then he stabbed him. And I'm like, well, great. Like I figured Tarples was probably going to die, but you just spoiled it in your commercial break before the episode aired. I was not happy about that. And I won't get any of that on Netflix. So I'm perfectly happy about that. Um, I think just the hardest thing is going to be sort of pacing myself. And like I told Tim this when this news first broke, that I'm going to probably try to just limit myself to watching one story arc per day. So I'll watch, you know, like three or four episodes a day when these first come out and just sort of like digest it kind of slowly and just take the time to sort of take in and appreciate at least one story at a time and not watch like all 13 episodes in one day because I could certainly do that if I really wanted to. But uh, I'm going to try to just, like, enjoy it for a little bit longer and not just swallow it all at once. But um, it is definitely going to be exciting to finally get to see these episodes. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to spread them out longer than two days. <laughs> I think two days is going to be the max for me to watch all of them. But I think it's going to be great, like you are mentioning, just being able to watch a full arc all in one altogether. I mean, this will be the first time since the movie and at least for me anyway, when I saw the Savage Press episodes, the Night Sister ones from season three at a screening, the first time we'll be seeing a brand new arc all together as one and not waiting for the next episode. Uh, that's when Clone Wars is at its best. It's like you're watching the Star Wars movie that way. And to be able to see four arcs like that um, for the first time is going to be awesome, <laughs> especially how these arcs have been described so far. So yeah, I can't wait for that. But speaking of spoilers... Um, unfortunately, I already been spoiled on the clone arc and the Order 66 arc because it's airing in Germany right now, and they've aired that whole arc. And thanks to Twitter, I got spoiled on the uh, that whole arc. So I won't say any more about it, but I kind of know what plays out during that episode. <laughs> it was like somewhere, I don't think the person meant to spoil it, but just by tweeting about it, they did it. And it was like, oh, like great. <laughs> like, it didn't take that long for me to get spoiled on this episode. And so it's like when I find out about a spoiler or something that is a spoiler, like, well, I might as well just find out the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even so, I'm still going to be eagerly anticipating watching these episodes. And I think by the time uh, Germany airs the Yoda arc, that's when we're going to get ne- the Netflix stuff. It should be all on the same weekend, so at least we should be all be able to see that arc at the same time, which 
is the one, well, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, the other best part about getting this news was seeing that awesome new clip that USA Today premiered of Yoda from that arc. Uh, I have to say, I got chills watching that for the first time. <laughs> Just hearing the voice of Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon speaking to him and then seeing some I've never thought of and, of course, never seen before of a Force ghost using the Force in the living world, like lifting up Yoda, throwing out like his furniture and having the room shake. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was get here now. <laughs> way cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, on the one hand, when they uh, when they revealed this, I was like, well, why can't they just release it now when Germany's getting it? And, you know, we still got to wait till like, after it shows there. But at the same time, it's only, like, three more weeks. And it's, yeah. uh, well, actually, as of right now, yeah, I guess it's three weeks. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, that's not that long to wait. And I'm just glad we don't have to wait till like, sometime over the summer or exactly. something like that. So, um, yeah, I do not mind waiting that extra three weeks to just be able to sit down and watch these all at once and oh it's gonna be so good and yeah like you said that preview clip was uh i mean it, you know it wasn't very long it was only like a minute long or something but it was just really cool to see and like you said i had never even really kind of thought of that before how when these guys die and become part of the living force as they call it it's like well if they're part of the force can they still influence things through the force and yeah i guess they can because Yoda's like hearing Qui-Gon's voice he's like no this is impossible like who are you really Qui-Gon's dead and uh then Qui-Gon's like no it's me and starts throwing stuff around the room and Yoda's like oh crap okay yeah uh, I mean we talked about this so much before about how we're looking forward to this arc but now that you're actually seeing a real clip of it and just seeing what I think we're gonna get some more knowledge and insight and maybe even mystery of the force that we never knew before just like we did with mortis i mean yoda was, was like we're going to be experiencing this through yoda or how she's so surprised at everything that's going on just from that one clip with qui-gon and yeah, i just can't see what the rest of that arc holds for us <laughs> it's going to be so awesome and it's so good to finally know have we have a date of when we're going to see it that's the best part <laughs> yeah yeah and it's funny because you've been talking about like oh man i can't wait for this announcement so we can finally get a trailer and see everything that's going to yeah. be here. but along with this announcement we didn't get any like full trailer showing all the episodes we didn't get any official episode descriptions um yeah, although like i said even though we never got any official confirmation from lucasfilm i'm just operating under the assumption that those episode descriptions from germany were accurate yeah. But, um, you know, it's like at this point, I don't really mind if they were airing on Disney XD or something and we had to like wait a week in between episodes, then I would want to know like what's coming up and at least give us some little preview of what all the episodes are going to be. But when they're going to just dump them all at net all on Netflix all at once and you can watch them at your leisure, I'm like, OK, you know what? I don't need a preview or a description or anything. I'll just wait three weeks and then when they're there, I'll just you know, then you can read the descriptions there on Netflix and watch whatever episodes you want and not have to wait a week in between them. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's good too. I mean, like you said, we didn't get any official episode descriptions like we did for the Germany stuff, which I kind of was expecting when we first got this announcement. But um, it has been confirmed though by some uh, Lucasfilm employees on Twitter and like people who run on StarWars.com, they are planning to have like the official episode descriptions like they had before for each episode of the season. So I, they didn't say exactly if they're going to post them all at once as soon as the Netflix, they come on Netflix, but I imagine it would be pretty close, if not the day of, to get all those episode guides up. So we'll still have that also, too, to look forward to. I hope, hopefully they still have those commentaries that uh, 
the past seasons had. I don't know if they go that far like they did before, but at least we'll have something. But yeah, yeah I was a little bit disappointed when I saw this and there was no trailer, especially when we had that awesome description of it from that um, Holland, I believe it was, uh, event that they had a few months ago. But then when they saw that Yoda clip, I was like, okay, that made up for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got something. So that was very cool. So all in all, I was happy with everything with this announcement on that day. Thursday was a very good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thursday was a good day. And just, well, actually, was it Thursday when this was announced? Um, February 13th was a Thursday. Yep. Last Thursday. Wow. Really? For some reason. Okay. <laughs> it feels like it's been longer than that. <laughs> I thought this was like Tuesday or Wednesday when they announced this and then was like, okay, Tim, we got to do a new episode this weekend. And then a bunch more stuff came out before then, but, uh, just shows you how much stuff there is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah, there's something else with Rebels that we'll get to later that came out just this past week and feels like it was like two or three weeks ago because there's so much stuff that's come out since then. But uh, yeah, so for those of you who've listened to us on a regular basis, I'm sure you're probably glad to hear us finally stop whining about like, this is coming out in Germany in two weeks and they haven't told us anything about it yet. Because we finally have our American release date. We have all our details about when we're going to be able to watch it and how. And uh, I know a lot of people, too, are glad that this is coming to Netflix and not like Apple TV or some of the other yeah. things that we had uh, heard rumored before. And yeah. I've also heard some people who are kind of upset because they're like, well, I don't have Netflix, so why can't I just buy it on DVD? Like, an, a one-month subscription to Netflix is a whole lot cheaper than buying a Blu-ray or DVD copy of it, so Plus you know, you I don't think too. it's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You also get a one-month free trial. Um, I think I even mentioned that on our Facebook page or something. I was like, yeah, if anybody hasn't tried Netflix yet and you haven't used your one-month free trial, March 7th would be a good time to start it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, definitely excited to see that come up. Um, and then we've got uh, just a couple of quick Episode 7-related items to talk about this week. Um, we've got some more kind of uh, mumblings and rumors and stuff about the shooting dates. Um, and this one comes from hitfix.com, and they actually say they have, like, multiple confirmed sources that are saying that Star Wars Episode Seven is start is set to start shooting mid-May and will run through September of this year, and that most principal casting on the film is complete, with many announcements still to come. Um, again, not really anything super surprising there. Uh, we've been talking for, seems like, quite a while now that... Uh, we're hearing a lot of rumors and reports and things that filming is either going to start in April or May and go through most of the summer. So no big surprises there. And also now that we know the script is complete and they're doing a lot of pre-production and stuff, it wouldn't surprise me if they have a lot of the casting done and are just waiting for a good time to make some big announcements, or maybe they're still looking for one main actor or something like that. But I'm sure we'll get those announcements coming up pretty soon. But uh, it's like at this point, I can kind of wait on that just because we've been getting some actual big news the past week or so. And so it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not so like starved for news anymore. So whenever we finally get some episode seven casting news, I'll be happy about it. But I'm not just sort of like hanging on the edge of my seat for it. Yeah, this is why it's great to be a Star Wars fan of everything, not just one particular aspect like, oh, just 
the original trilogy, just the prequel trilogy, or I'm just a Clone Wars fan. It's like when you love everything about Star Wars, this is when it's at its best, where you're getting news and pieces from stuff that's not just from the main movies, but from Clone Wars, and you get Rebels, and like that holds you over till we actually get some new Episode Seven stuff. So yeah, I agree with you. Like even though it's been pretty slow on the Episode Seven front, we've got more than enough cool stuff to hold us over till then. And it's coming yeah. soon, but yeah, like I said, seems like February is the month of announcements for the animated stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, forget the month. It's like this has been the week of it. That's true, yeah. Animated, so. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, but then, uh, I mean, so what's that one other piece of uh, Episode 7 news we've got? Yeah, just on Friday, it was either Friday or late Thursday, that Lucasfilm.com pretty much revamped their whole website, and they added like a bunch of new, like, behind-the-scene photos for their different uh, sections on the site. And, like, even stuff for Rebels, they have, like, new uh, behind-the-scenes photos. You've got, like, Dave Filoni working with Pablo Hidalgo and, like, some storyboard artists and all that stuff. But the thing that caught my eye on Friday and a few people's eye, actually, was that on the tab that said production, you click that, and it brings up a new photo that pretty much shows, like, the big crew who's behind Episode 7. Looks like they're in a story meeting. I mean, you got Kathleen Kennedy, you got back of J.J. Abrams there, then you got visual effects supervisor John Knoll. But then, if you look at the behind Kathleen Kennedy, um, you can see some, what looks to be maybe some concept art of episode seven. I mean, it does make sense. You got all the crew there who's working on the film, and if you look, if you zoom in on that picture, you can see the Falcon in one of those concept designs. And you don't know exactly where it's at. It looks like it's hovering over a planet. Or like around the atmosphere or in space, you can't really tell, but you could definitely make out the Falcon. And it was just kind of cool if that is actually some Episode Seven concept art that the, we kind of always assumed the Falcon was going to be in there. But still, for me anyway, just like getting that little hint and that official look that it is there, it's pretty cool. And then just seeing everyone who's involved in that photo is like, hey, it's it's happening. I mean, they're all in the know in that shot. But to kind of give us a little sneak peek into that was pretty cool. I thought. And I just think overall, in general, the new Lucasfilm website is going to be one to keep an eye on because you may get some more photos like this eventually as they update it. And who knows what we might find. We might get some little sneak peeks like we did in this shot right here. So I thought that was pretty cool. Kind of a little bit of a Episode 7 to go in with the great Clone Wars and Rebel stuff we got in the week. Yeah, and you know, I think this was probably intentional too because a lot of times you'll see like if there's videos with Dave Filoni or something and they've got Clone Wars concept art in the background, they'll blur out anything that they don't want you to see. Yeah. Even if it's like way far in the background, it'll still be blurry. And I'm like, man, I couldn't even see that even if I was trying to look for it, you know? But um, yeah, it's it's definitely cool to, uh, to see that. On the one hand, it was like nothing really surprising because I was seeing this pop up everywhere on the internet and everybody's like, oh, new concept art revealed for Episode 7 revealing the Millennium Falcon. And I'm like, yeah, we've heard for a long time, you know, various rumors and things that they were building a full-scale Millennium Falcon and that the ship was going to come back in the show and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, with all the rumors about Han and Luke and Leia coming back, if those three do come back... What other ship are they going to be in? Come on, seriously. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was cool to finally, like you said, just get a glimpse of it. And you're kind of like, oh, man, that's actually it. Like, it's really happening. So, yeah, uh, yeah that was definitely cool to see. And it would be qu- kind of cool to see some more um, just sort of real small Easter egg type teasers like that if they drop some more pictures and stuff like that on the website. 
Yeah, and I would love to know what they're talking about right there in that photo, <laughs> in that meeting that they're having. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for all we know, they could be like, all right, we've just spent like four hours going over the episode seven script. Who wants lunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, uh, JJ, what do you want from Taco Bell? Or maybe they're just posing specifically for that one photo. They all <laughs> there. Like, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. They're all talking about the, you know, having the story meetings and stuff and like their socks and white t-shirts. And then somebody's like, all right, guys, group picture. And they all dress up all nice and look like they're super serious. Yeah. And you, you put your hands up like you're describing something. And we'll be, look like we're listening intently to you. <laughs> <laughs> On three, one, two, three. Okay, let's go. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like you said, too great team of people obviously to see working behind the scenes on this thing so um should be very cool when we finally uh get a glimpse of what they're working on yeah not too long now <laughs> if those uh, rumored shooting dates are to be believed then hopefully we can expect more stuff like this to be coming down the pipe yeah yeah definitely although i mean like i like i keep saying i hope that we don't get a whole lot of spoilerish type stuff leaking out once the shooting does start and i'm sure they'll be real careful and secretive about it but at the same time you know once they start releasing some official um behind the scenes photos and all that kind of stuff yeah it's gonna be really exciting like you said it's gonna just sort of be that realization of like man it's actually happening like it's all in motion now. It's not just a script. Like they have actors in front of a camera that's going to turn into episode seven. So, yep. Heck, I'd be happy be... just with like small updates like this, like different production meeting photos, and maybe even just some concept drawings that aren't spoiler or stuff, but just some stuff knowing that we're going to see an episode seven is enough to hold me over to that actual shooting and all that official announcement stuff comes along. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really cool to see any little tidbits we can get. But uh, like we said, this week's not really about episode seven, so it's nice that we've got a couple little things to talk about. But we have plenty to hold us over in the meantime. We talked about the Clone Wars bonus season six lost missions, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we also had a ton of Star Wars Rebels stuff come out this week um, from character reveals to more character reveals at Toy Fair through action figures and licensed packaging and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, just this morning, this is uh, Monday the 17th, we were going to record an episode over the weekend um, after a bunch of this stuff came out last week. And then we found out we were supposed to get two new Rebels teaser trailers this morning on Monday. And so I was like, you know what, let's just wait till Monday night to record so we can talk about that. So we also finally have our first glimpse at... Uh, the actual animation and, uh, you know, some actual footage from the show that we got in these brief teaser trailers. But let's back up to the beginning and uh, let's see. The first uh, big piece of Rebels news we got this week was the reveal of one of the main characters, Kanan Jarrus. And uh, they released another video sort of like they did with the astromech droid Chopper. Um, so I guess Chopper was really the first character to be revealed, but uh, we got another one of those videos uh, sort of revealing this character of Kanan, who's voiced by Freddie Prinze Jr., and he's a kind of Jedi. He, it, it, he has a really interesting backstory where he was like a Jedi youngling or Padawan or something when Order 66 went down, and this is 14 years later, you know, in between episodes two and three, and so he's kind of grown up on the run from the empire and trying to hide the fact that he's a Jedi and sort of just put that life away. And he's, um, sort of like a, 
I don't know, a rough, rugged sort of cowboy type character, a gunslinger. Um, and, but they, they're talking in this video about how over the course of the show, he's going to sort of rediscover that Jedi side of him. Um, and you even see some sort of rough animation of him, like pulling his old lightsaber out of a drawer and all this kind of stuff. And then of course, in some of the pictures and imaging and stuff we've seen, um, we see him having a lightsaber fight with the Inquisitors. So I think this guy seems like a really cool character. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is the first a big story that kicked off an awesome week of Star Wars news. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, awesome. We're finally getting our first human hero character reveal. Because like I said, we had Chopper, but kind of finally a main character that the show is going to focus on. And I'm, for one, I'm glad that it's going to be a Jedi character. I think we probably all knew that a Jedi was going to be featured in the show. But um, the way that his story is being set up is one that I find really interesting. The fact that he was a Jedi from the Old Republic from the survivor of Order 66. And I, that was kind of the character I was hoping for because we talked about this on the last episode when we were speculating about the characters. Like, what kind of Jedi is he going to be? Is he going to be just a Force-sensitive hero but who wasn't a Jedi? Or is he going to be a Jedi who was from the Old Republic? And I'm glad we're getting that. And I just can't wait to see how his arc's going to develop throughout the course of the series because, like they said in the video, he's... On, on the run, he's hiding. He can't reveal himself as a Jedi or else he'll be hunted down by the Empire. So we're going to be seeing him using a blaster a lot, which I kind of have a problem seeing Jedi use blaster because um, they're more civilized than that, as Obi-Wan likes to say. <laughs> but um, it's necessary for him to do that. But then I like how Dave Filoni says he's going to learn that he has to put his blaster away and bring out his lightsaber because it's like it's time for him to reveal himself as a Jedi. I think it's going to be great to see. And yeah, it is kind of... the making him to be like a Han Solo type character a little bit, but as a Jedi and they're someone who doesn't want to talk about his past. So that really intrigues me because maybe we might get some stories that will deal with his past. Maybe we will see some insights into what happened to him during order 66 or other aspects of the Jedi purge that we don't know about. So I'm really fascinated with his backstory and definitely looking forward to see how it plays out as the series goes along. So yeah, I can't wait to see him in action when the show starts. Yeah, it should definitely be uh, really cool to see. I, I was kind of surprised that they were going to have, like, the main character be a Jedi, but I'm just really excited because it's a type of character that we haven't seen before. Um, and we'll see this with kind of a couple other characters that we've had revealed so far as well, that, um, you know, a lot of times in Star Wars you have sort of similar types of characters or these archetypes. You know, you've got, like, the heroic Jedi and you've got the bounty hunter and the Sith Lord and all this kind of stuff. And this is one thing that I don't think we've really... Oh, knock my headset off there. <laughs> I still um, hear you, though. <laughs> uh, let's see, where was I? But this is one thing that we haven't really, I don't think, seen uh, a lot of before in Star Wars. I mean, I'm sure it's probably been, like, in some EU novels and stuff, but certainly in the movies or in the Clone Wars series or anything like that, we haven't really seen this idea of a character who was a Jedi and just sort of not even necessarily walked away from the Jedi order, but was just sort of forced to put that yeah. life behind them by the circumstances. I mean, like you said, he uses a blaster. He doesn't really use the force or his lightsaber. And it's not because it's not really out of choice. It's not because he doesn't like being a Jedi. It's not because he's uncivilized, so to speak, and just, you know, prefers to shoot people, but he prefers to not get hunted down by the empire because they see him spark up a blue lightsaber and immediately go, Oh, he's a Jedi. And, you know, we need to eliminate him. So, you know, obviously he's had to 
sort of move on to a different type of lifestyle and just sort of rely on his own means and, you know, sort of uh, grow and adapt without the Jedi Order. But, uh, yeah, it seems really cool. Although one thing I thought was kind of funny is um, back in the Clone Wars, I mean, if you've heard interviews with Matt Lanter where he talked about his first audition going in for Anakin Skywalker, that Dave Filoni told him to kind of make it like a cross between Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, where he wanted him to be like the heroic Jedi-type character, but at the same time kind of have a little bit of that cockiness of uh, Han Solo and sort of that roguish charm and swagger and everything. And it's like now Dave Filoni has gone even further with that idea because we've basically got, in Kanan, we've basically got Han Solo with a lightsaber. Um, But I think, like I said, it's a type of character that we haven't seen before, so I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, another thing too, I'm just, like I said earlier, I'm really interested in like how far his Jedi training went because he might not even be a fully trained Jedi yet because we don't know exactly what his age is going to be in Rebels, but he looks to be maybe like late 20s, early 30s. If it's 14 years after Revenge of the Sith, he could have been like in his mid-teens, late teens, early 20s, but he could probably was a Padawan by the time Order 66 happened. So maybe he's not even a fully trained Jedi yet, and we don't know what happened to his master. Maybe he was executed in Order 66 and he somehow survived. So all of that stuff is very intriguing to me about him, which I hope eventually we get to, it gets revealed in the show because it's going to be pretty cool to see play out. And the ultimate would be, of course, to get a flashback sequence and maybe Darth Vader was involved with <laughs> the execution of his master or in some way and how he survived Order 66. So, yeah, there's tons of cool story potentials with his backstory there. Yeah, and, you know, it would be awesome to see Darth Vader, but I think it would be even cooler if in a flashback sequence we maybe got to see some characters from the Clone Wars that we wouldn't otherwise get to see in Rebels. Yeah. Like, for example, <laughs> if it was Captain Rex or some other you know, clone commander who we've seen on the show before that maybe, you know, was assigned to hunt down him or his master or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I forget. I'll have to go watch the video again, but I know Dave Filoni or maybe Freddie Prince Jr. or somebody says in that video, um, like they're talking about his backstory and when he, uh, had to leave the Jedi in order 66 and all that kind of stuff. And I'm pretty sure like they don't give an exact age, but they made it sound like he was pretty young. So I think, I mean, I don't know if he was like a, real little kid like you said he seems like he's kind of maybe in his 20s but yeah i definitely don't think he was a jedi knight um but when when order 66 happened i think he was maybe you know maybe earlier mid-teens or something or even younger than that so um yeah obviously that's gonna probably inform his character a lot too because um to see that happen as a kid and have your whole way of life just sort of pulled out from under your feet and see these other Jedi that you know and care about get executed. Like that's got to kind of mess you up. Yeah. Going back to your point real quick about how cool it would be in a flashback to see some clone characters be involved with that. Um, I think it would be even cooler if uh, like you were mentioned Captain Rex or Captain Rex, how I really think he's not going to go with the empire. He's somehow going to leave on a, or just where he's not going to agree with what they're going. And I think it would be cool if they ever do decide to bring him back. Maybe he's the clone who helps Kanan escape Order 66. So like, he was the one who helped him survive, and maybe he owed, owed, owes his survival to Captain Rex, and they somehow have a connection that way. That would be a cool way to bring him into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be cool, too. I mean, because I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't really think Rex would go along with Order 66 either, but it's like at this point with Clone Wars getting canceled, they don't really have a lot of time to go and explore that. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so I don't think, 
I mean, you know, they could maybe put that in a flashback or something, but um, at this point, I'm hoping for more just like a cameo or something from some recognizable Clone Wars character. Although, if Rex somehow does come back and become a character in Rebels who has, you know, left the Empire and decided not to go, go against the Jedi and all this kind of stuff, I mean, that could be cool to see, too. And I also hope, too, that they don't keep his background like a mystery for so long, because unless it's something really important to the series, but... For right now, just looking back on it, it should be something that we can kind of put together. I mean, he survived Order 66, but how did he survive and what were the circumstances? And I don't think that's something you have to keep a secret for a, a while. But like I said, unless they have something bigger planned for him and his past ties into that in a big way, then I guess they will keep it a secret. But personally, I hope it's something that we get to see revealed uh, pretty early on. It's probably just part of me because I just want to know right away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, like you said, it could depend on how important that is to the overall story. Because to me, it doesn't seem like that's something that would even be that big of a deal. Like, they could just tell me he's a Padawan who survived Order 66, and I'm good with that. I don't even need, like, a ton of specific details because, I mean, we've heard other stories and things before about Jedi who survived Order 66. And it's like, they are Jedi all over the galaxy, so it's not like every single one of them got wiped out all at once. So it's not, like, totally implausible that one person could have survived, and I'm like, oh, now I need to know exactly how it happens. So if they don't reveal that right away, I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I mean, if it is some sort of big secret or, like you said, you know, Darth Vader had something to do with it or whatever, then, you know, maybe that's something we'll see kind of unfold over time. Yeah, but either way, I was real happy with the reveal. Just the fact that the first character they decided to reveal was a Jedi. <laughs> and because since the show is called Star Wars Rebels, I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe the Jedi character of the series will be mainly for the background and not have an integral part into it. But it looks like Kanan's going to have a pretty big part. And then we'll get into later with Ezra, the other character we revealed. But for the first one that we got to be introduced to, I was happy with it. And just made me just more excited for the show. So I think it was a good job on Lucasfilm's part to have Kanan be the first character hero character anyway we got introduced to yeah so the next uh big step in our huge star wars news week i mean this came out what was it maybe wednesday when kanan got announced kanan was actually announced on tuesday the 11th okay so that was tuesday then thursday we had the the clone wars lost missions finally got information about that then friday we got another one of these character reveal videos introducing ezra bridger um who is another character that uh you know we talked about and speculated before because we had seen him on a lego set box um but yeah they uh introduced this character and uh he seems pretty interesting as well he's um a lot younger i think they said he's like 14 and just sort of like this street smart orphan kid who goes around and is not really he's not a rebel yet per se in that he's not like fighting against the empire for a cause or anything but he doesn't like the empire and he'll you know steal from them and cause trouble for them and everything um and he kind of has a hobby of stealing stormtrooper helmets which is why we've seen in that uh in that Lego set, he had what we thought was some sort of Imperial cadet helmet or something. But I think it's just, you know, maybe it's just a stormtrooper helmet that he took and modified or something like that. Um, but also the interesting thing about this kid is that he is also force sensitive, but because 
he was, I mean, if he's 14, then he probably was born right around the time that Order 66 happened. Yeah. So he never had a chance to grow up in the Jedi Order, and he doesn't even know what this power is that he has, and he can't really control it. It's just sort of something that instinctively kicks in in certain situations, like when he's in trouble or excited or something like that. And so he knows that he has this power, but he doesn't really know what it is, doesn't know about the Force and Jedi and all this kind of stuff. And so through him and Kanan coming together, they're going to sort of develop... It should be interesting, because I think it's going to be like this really unorthodox master and student relationship where... Obviously, it's going to sort of be like Anakin and Ahsoka, except that, you know, Kanan is not a legitimate Jedi Knight, so to speak, and uh, Ezra is certainly not a Jedi Padawan, but they're sort of learning from each other, and through helping Ezra, Kanan is going to sort of regain some of his Jedi mojo, if you will, and at the same time, you know, Ezra's going to be learning more about this mysterious power that he has. So it should be pretty interesting, and I think uh, they're gonna. There's gonna be uh, a really interesting relationship between those characters. Yeah, for Ezra's reveal, this one kind of took me by surprise, because just based on some of the reports we heard from those Lego sets and the descriptions there, I was really banking on him being like a character who was in the Imperial Academy in the Lego description. Um, it just said he was like a cadet from the Imperial Academy, and I was thinking, oh, okay, so he's going to be like the character who was for the Empire, but then something happens where uh, he sees something that they're doing is wrong, and he decides to leave, and then he comes across the crew of the Ghosts, and that's how he's going to join the Rebels. That's why he has the Stormtrooper cadet helmet. I thought that was the path they were going to go, and I thought that was a pretty cool way to go, to have someone who is actually part of the Empire but leave it to join the, the Rebels. So when it got announced here that he was basically the street kid and a con artist, and then that he was force sensitive and likes to steal stormtroopers helmets. Like a, okay, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it's still a pretty cool story, background story for the character to have, especially for me anyway, him being a force sensitive, but he doesn't know what it is. And he just thinks he has these powers and he's using it to his advantage to steal from the empire and to survive. But then when he comes across Kanan, they're going to both pretty much, like you said, help each other reach, I guess, a goal, they're going to eventually have that's going to affect the Rebel Alliance and the shape the course of the galaxy, really. And when I f first got announced for Kanan, I thought this way, but, but now, especially with Ezra, how they're both uh, going to be Force-sensitive, Kanan's a Jedi Knight, and then he's going to help Ezra to train to become a Jedi Knight. I just can't help but wonder, kind of like with Ahsoka when she was first revealed to be Anakin's Padawan, what's going to be the fate of these two characters by the time we get to A New Hope? I mean, right off the bat, <laughs> I'm thinking... Kanan's probably not going to survive this series. And Ezra, I'm not too sure on because we'll see how far his training goes because this goes back to the whole thing that in order for the Rebellion to succeed, they needed Luke, who was a Jedi, and he was going to bring the Jedi Order back. But what? So they had a Jedi who was part of the Rebel Alliance, and I have always was under the assumption that he was the only one. And, of course, that's why he succeeded in blowing up the Death Star in A New Hope. And it just makes me wonder, where is Ezra or Kanan going to be at that time? Because you'd think if they were still part of the Rebel Alliance, they would be on the uh, Red Squadron when they attacked the Death Star in A New Hope. you think they'd have as many Ford-sensitive uh, people they can get to be part of that attack run on the Death Star. But they're not. So it just makes me think, what's going to be their fate? Are they not going to survive? Are they going to sacrifice themselves? by the time they get to A New Hope, or they're just going to leave the rebellion some way. It just raises a bunch of questions in my head, because I just personally think that, unless they change something with Rebels, that by the time we get to the original trilogy, Luke is the only 
a Force-sensitive character or main Jedi who's in there. I know you got the EU story with uh, Kyle Katarn, but I'm not sure how much he's going to play a factor anymore. And so it also goes back to that line Yoda says before he dies in Return of the Jedi, the last of the Jedi you will be. And you think he kind of knows what's going on with those who are using the Force. So I don't know if you thought too much about that, Kyle, but that's something I'm also really interested in, these characters, just what's their face going to be when it's all said and done with Rebels. No, that is definitely something that I've also been thinking about a lot. Um, and especially with that last point you brought up about the, the Yoda line in Return of the Jedi when he says, when gone am I, the last of the Jedi will you be? Because in episode four, it's kind of implied that you know Obi-Wan and Luke are the last of the Jedi, but Obi-Wan does say now the Jedi are all but extinct. So you know there could maybe still be a few more of them out there and hiding somewhere, but pretty much our order has been wiped out. But then, yeah, when Yoda tells Luke, like, look, I'm passing the torch on to you, you're going to be the last Jedi Knight. Um, now, on, on the one hand, you could say, well, Ezra and Kanan aren't Jedi Knights because, you know, they're sort of off doing their own thing and they have force powers and lightsabers and all that, but they were never really trained as a Jedi. Maybe Yoda doesn't know about them or something, but at the same time, I was kind of like, eh, yeah, what is going to happen to these guys? But I guess it's not quite as much of a burning question for me as, um, yeah, as the question of Ahsoka was in Clone Wars, because these characters in Rebels, as far as we know, have no connection to Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or something like that. So I think it's a lot more plausible that these guys could still be out there doing stuff in the original trilogy than it would be to assume that like Ahsoka is still out there doing stuff in Revenge of the Sith when she was in against Padawan. Although at this point, now that we know she's left the Jedi Order and gone off to do her own thing anyways, she could still be alive during Episode 3, but... I mean, at the beginning, when she was Anakin's Padawan, you're thinking, like, well, if she's still Anakin's Padawan by the time of Revenge of the Sith and doesn't show up at all in the movie, that kind of leaves a big hole to be filled. Whereas with these guys, at least you're not like, well, you know, this is Luke's best friend or Han's brother or whatever. Like, why are they never mentioned in the movie? They're, you know, separate characters that are off doing their own thing. But at the same time, like you said, it does sort of raise those questions. And I'm also interested interested to see just what these guys' roles will be in the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was actually an article on IGN that also came out this week with Greg Wiseman talking about Rebels. And he uh, shared some pretty cool stuff and um, was just talking about sort of the, the tone that they're going for and what's going to happen on the show and all that sort of thing. But one thing that was interesting that uh, kind of stuck out for me is how he's talking about, like, at the beginning of the show, there is no Rebel Alliance. And it's not like these characters are the Rebel Alliance. It's going to take a while, like, even beyond the first season before you see, like, the full-fledged, um, you know, military operation that is the Rebel Alliance coming together to fight the Empire. Like, you're going to see it slowly build up and slowly come together. But at the beginning of A New Hope, they say, you know, the the, the Rebellion has just won their first major victory against the Empire. And this takes place five years before that. So it's going to take them a long time to build up to that point. And I'm interested to see if, you know, Kanan and Ezra and some of the other characters that we'll talk about in a minute that we've seen through action figures and stuff like that, if these guys are going to be sort of the central focus, if they're going to be like the ones to sort of rally people together to create this rebellion, or if they're just going to sort of 
become swept up in this movement. And as they, you know, maybe they're fighting the Empire on their home planet of Lothal. And then as they sort of get out and explore more of the galaxy, they find out that they're not the only people that are trying to fight the Empire. And they sort of band together with other freedom fighters and stuff and slowly like more people like them come together and of course i'm hoping we'll see you know bail organa and mon mothma and some more of like these powerful figureheads because as much as you know i'm sure they want to have like a younger hero like ezra for audiences to latch onto. i don't know if i'd really buy that you know the the entire rebel alliance rallied around like a 14 year old kid you know so i'm yeah. hoping we see some more of those uh more experienced characters obviously come in to help out with this as well. Um, but yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how the, how the rebellion all comes together and how these characters fit into it. Yeah. Another interesting thing that I took from that Greg Wiseman interview for IGN is that kind of pretty much like the Clone Wars, he said how there is an end game for the series or there's a specific time frame that we have to work towards just like Clone Wars had to work towards episode three. He's all saying, we don't know how, long that's going to be season wise but we do know that we have a set like period that we have to end on which is pretty much right before episode four starts and like you said how that we get to the very beginnings of the rebel alliance to the fully formed rebel alliance that we've seen in new hope so i mean we'll see on the course of each season like how long uh, each season spans as far as those in those four years but he definitely like you said wants to make that the goal of where they want the series to end and like we talked about on the last episode, how cool it's going to be to see it lead into episode four, that hopefully they get the chance to do that. Like you just mentioned that line again, the Rebel Alliance won its first major victory against the Empire. I mean, part of me just thinks that these group of characters have to be involved with that. Maybe they had to like do the ultimate sacrifice, sacrifice their lives in that great first victory that they had, and that's why we don't see them anymore. I mean, a bunch of stuff we could speculate on, but I just found that interesting that, because I heard some people think, oh, Rebels can kind of do whatever they want. They have this freedom to do whatever they want because they don't have to meet an ending like Clone Wars did. But at the same time, Greg Wiseman is saying, yeah, yeah, we do actually have like a time frame that we have to end on. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Hopefully it does it uh, where Clone Wars didn't get the chance to do and lead directly into the movie like we talked about on our last episode because it's going to be so awesome if it does. And I know everyone on the crew is definitely hope so. So... Here's to the success of Rebels that we get to see that, hopefully. Yeah, I just hope they sort of plan it out with that endgame in mind. Because obviously with Clone Wars, we knew where it had to end at some point. But in every interview with Dave Filoni or George Lucas, when they asked like how many episodes they were going to do or how many seasons, they're like, we're just going to keep making the show as long as people keep watching it. <laughs> and then the show got canceled before they got to wrap it up where they wanted to. And I mean, five seasons is... A, a, you know, a lot. And we got a lot of Clone Wars episodes and a lot of great stories. And I'm not disappointed that the show got canceled after five seasons. I'm disappointed because the show got canceled and we knew there was more good stuff coming and they still had a lot more stories to tell. And we never got to see it wrap up in the way that we were hoping it would. And so, I mean, if they do five seasons of Rebels, but they plan for the fifth season to be the last season and they know how they're going to end it, I would be fine with that. Um, you know, I'm also fine if they go a little bit longer and do six or seven seasons or, I mean, who knows how long they're going to want to keep going with it. But um, I would kind of hope that they don't try to go too long with it because obviously, you know, that didn't work out for Clone Wars where they knew where it was going to end at some point, but they didn't really have a specific plan, at least as far as we know, for ending it. I mean, I think by the time that the show got canceled, they probably were maybe thinking of 
a finale in, you know, seven or eight seasons or something like that, because, um, you know, obviously they're planning that far ahead, but I'm hoping with Rebels, they at least sort of around now start at least laying a little bit of a groundwork for how they're going to get to that point and not just sort of keep drifting just because I would hate to see another Star Wars series end before we get to see it and how, you know, like you said, how we all want it to end and how we all know it should end in relation to the movies and everything. I just hope we get to see that. Yeah, we don't want that to be the legacy of Star Wars animated series like <laughs> before they reach to their goal, pretty much. And unfortunately, the shows that Greg Wiseman's worked on, <laughs> a lot of those shows have never kind of reached the ending that they were supposed to. I mean, it wasn't like Star Wars where they're trying to reach to an end point, like, you know, where it picks up with a movie, but this series pretty much ended prematurely where they didn't have the proper finale. So that's kind of all we're pretty much hoping for with this. They just have the proper finale that they're attending. And from the interviews that we've been reading so far, I think that is their goal. They just don't know, of course, exactly how long that's going to be. So I think it is in the back of their mind to have it all mapped out. And especially with Dave Filoni being there, he's probably learned from his experience with Clone Wars <laughs> to have it better in mind as far as when to plan for this ending. Yeah, well, we can only hope, but uh, yeah, like you said, it seems like these guys would probably learn from from their past experiences, and um, especially you know from Greg Wiseman's interview too. It sounds like they're at least thinking about it. So I hope they get to uh, to reach that satisfying conclusion at the end of it. But at the same time, I'm not really thinking too far ahead with that because I mean, even as far as the timeline goes, I think they have a little bit more time to work with on Rebels than they did with Clone Wars because. Um, it was kind of established even before the Clone Wars series started that the Clone Wars took place over like three and a half years and Rebels is starting five years before A New Hope takes place. And um, I mean, even when you're talking about how we know how it's supposed to end with this battle against the Empire, we see that in the opening crawl of Episode 4, but we don't actually see it on screen like we do with Order 66 and the end of the Clone Wars. So I think they do have a little bit more flexibility there, and we have a description of how it's supposed to end, but I think with Episode 3, we had sort of a lot more specific criteria we were expecting them to meet because we had seen all this stuff play out on screen. Like, we knew what happened with Order 66. We knew about, you know, the Battle of Kashyyyk and Utapau and Obi-Wan killing General Grievous and Anakin turning to the dark side. And we knew how all that stuff played out. There's going to be a lot of stuff towards the end of the Rebels that we don't know how it plays out. All we know is that the Rebels are going to win a battle and steal the Death Star plans and Princess Leia is going to take them and run away on a spaceship. We don't know who else is involved in that battle and, you know, what other stuff is going on. So... Um, I think, you know, they have a lot of room to still tell a lot of new and exciting stories in there and it should be uh, pretty cool to see how it wraps up. And also, I think even a little bit more surprising, because I think we all sort of had a picture in mind of how we wanted Clone Wars to end, um, especially when the micro series already sort of did their own thing where it led pretty much directly into episode three with the Chancellor getting kidnapped in the space battle over Coruscant and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's like we don't have that much specific details with uh with rebels to know exactly how it's going to play out so i think there's a little bit more mystery and should be a little bit more fun you know anticipation and surprise and seeing when we finally get to that point yeah and i don't know if you want to call this like an advantage or disadvantage that the show has but clone wars was filled with characters that like you said we knew their endings already but with rebels they're all brand new characters in the series and it's kind of some where you definitely hoping that they're going to get a chance to wrap up all the storylines because the clone wars like we said you knew what happens to obi-wan with with general grievous with anakin and sure there's some characters like rex and ventress 
and maybe to some extent Ahsoka, even though I thought it was kind of left on a note where it was fitting or at least satisfying to where we know why she's not in Revenge of the Sith. But with Rebels, I mean, with all these new characters, we don't know what's going to happen with them. So it would be more of a, I guess, goal to make sure they do get all their storylines wrapped up. Unless, of course, like those rumors are suggesting that maybe one character will be in, in Episode 7 somehow or tied to Episode 7. We'll see. But I think that's more of a thing where they're hopefully going to try to make sure we get to see all their story of these new band of heroes uh, get sat- concluded satisfyingly. So we shall see. Hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you're talking about, uh, you know, we've heard rumors before that characters from Rebels might end up in Episode 7. If anything, I think Ezra would be that character just because he's the youngest. Yeah, I've heard um, that a so, lot too. You know, we could, uh, well, I haven't even heard that rumor, but just when I found out the reveal of the character, I was like, okay, he seems like the most likely one to me. Just because, I mean, if he's, if he's 14 at that point, then he would only be around like 40 or 50 by the time of episode seven. So he could definitely, uh, I don't know, maybe Gary Oldman will play him, but uh, <laughs> you know, he could, he could definitely, uh, still be able to make an appearance in that movie, but you know what? Let's talk about some of these other characters that we've seen, uh, revealed through toy fair and everything. I mean, over the weekend, we had this big New York toy fair where, I mean, I've been seeing stuff all over the internet about action figures for guardians of the galaxy and new characters for the transformers movies. And, um, you know, it's this big expo where all the toy companies like reveal their new stuff coming out for the year. And obviously there was a ton of Star Wars stuff there. And, um, you know, those of you who listen to us a lot know we don't really cover collecting news a whole lot just because, I mean, for one thing, there are a ton of other podcasts out there that are dedicated to just that. And also Tim and I aren't huge collectors, so we don't necessarily keep up to date on all that stuff but i think the highlight of the toy fair for me definitely was that we uh got interestingly enough got some reveals of more rebels characters which seems a little bit surprising slash unorthodox that um you know they're not revealing these characters first through more of these videos and introductions and things it's just like oh yeah there you go there's a picture of them on the packaging that's another character that's going to be in the show um but that's what we've got. So there you go. Um, we've got, uh, we saw our first look at Zeb, who's the character that, um, we had talked about him briefly before cause we saw him on a Lego package, but we now have a, a full picture of that character who definitely looks pretty cool. I think, and he, uh, I think to back up what we were talking about on our last episode, now that I've seen the full character and like an actual image of him and not just a Lego figure. I definitely think you can tell he's based on Ralph McQuarrie's original Chewbacca concepts, which I think is really cool. Cause he looks like a pretty awesome character. I mean, yeah. we haven't, again, we haven't seen any of this character in action yet. We haven't seen an introduction video for him or anything, but um, just from the look of him and he looks like he's going to be kind of a similar Chewbacca type sidekick, but just sort of like this big muscly brawny sidekick type guy. I think it's going to be pretty cool to see uh, how he ends up playing into the show. Yeah, I mean, pretty much I agree with everything you said about Zeb <laughs> until we get that official reveal video like Kanan and Ezra. This is all we have to base off of, of him on. But yeah, his design looks really cool and he's going to be like the Chewbacca character is a sidekick, but at the same time, a character you don't want to mess with. He's going to be like the brute <laughs> of the group. It's like, and it needs anyone needs to be intimidated. You bring Zeb in the room and just kind of like stare down at him. <laughs> yeah. And you'll okay. get the information you need. Yeah. He almost seems a little bit less like Chewbacca and a little bit more 
Um, kind of like how in the Clone Wars, Bosk was kind of like Boba Fett's personal bodyguard almost. Hey, yeah. Um, <laughs> he looks a little bit more like that because, you know, Chewie obviously is, you know, big and menacing, but at the same time, he's kind of a soft-hearted coward at times when, you know, he's running away from the, uh, the Dianoga and yeah. the Death Star <laughs> trash compactor and everything. But yeah, Zeb looks like a guy who would just like walk into a room and crack some heads. Yeah, definitely. And then... The only figures that were shown were looked like Zeb, Kanan, Ezra, and Chopper. But then there was a new Imperial character that we really haven't heard anything about before. His name is uh, Agent Callus, and he's kind of an Imperial officer that you with the armor and like the costume that we were familiar with. But he also has a helmet on, a little bit reminiscent of what General Veers weared in the the Battle of Hoth and the Adat. But um, Curious to see how big of a player this guy is going to be in the series because we know the Inquisitor is the main bad guy and agent of the Empire in the series. But is this guy, Agent Callus, going to work under the Inquisitor? Or are they going to be kind of rivals? Both of them are out trying to get the heroes and they're in competition with each other. So it should be interesting to see what this guy's all about. But um, he does fit the Imperial mold, it looks like. <laughs> he looks like a typical Imperial officer. So it should be interesting to find out more about him later on. Yeah, well, you know, I'm actually pretty interested and uh, excited to see more of this guy because, like you said, he kind of seems like a typical Imperial officer, except that his outfit is a little bit more, um, and he's got some armor pieces and stuff on there that you wouldn't see on, like, Grand Moff Tarkin or somebody like that. Um, So I'm thinking, as far as roles are concerned, my first thought, and this is kind of just a guess, but I was thinking that... This guy and uh, the Inquisitor will kind of have a similar relationship to Darth Vader and Tarkin. Um, How, you know, this guy is sort of not, you know, obviously doesn't have the force and a lightsaber and all that, but is just sort of in charge of like the Imperial military forces and might work under the Inquisitor or alongside him. But I also like that, I mean, just by the fact that, you know, he's got a helmet and some chest armor on and stuff, it looks like he's going to be a guy who's not afraid to go out there and get his hands dirty and actually do some field work. And he's not just going to be like sitting in a command room, issuing orders and threatening to blow up people's planets with, this giant super laser and all that kind of stuff like Tarkin does. So, um, yeah, I think he should be pretty cool to see. And, you know, he might be, uh, kind of a new and a little bit different spin on that Imperial officer type. Yeah. I think it'd be cool actually, if him and the Inquisitor are kind of competing against each other, like maybe one's under Darth Vader and the other's under Palpatine and they're both trying to make a name for themselves, like for one with the other. And then they're kind of at odds with each other, but at the end they kind of have to have the same will just to get these, uh, characters out of the way to squash this rebellion so yeah i'm looking forward to see if just where he's gonna fit in him and the inquisitor that's something definitely i want to keep an eye on as far as looking for new info about rebels so we'll see when he gets a reveal video if at all but definitely character i'm keeping my eye on yeah or instead of vader and palpatine maybe the inquisitor is working for vader and the agent callus is working for Tarkin. ah there you go yeah it's just... yeah but uh yeah it should be definitely cool to see more of him and sort of how the whole um, you know, imperial ranking and military and everything is going to factor into this. Um, but I think the most buzzed about character <laughs> revealed this weekend, uh, we've got a female Mandalorian with sort of like pink and red armor. Um, and at first at Toy Fair, we just saw, she didn't have an action figure, but we saw her on some packaging for what looks like some sort of miniature battle game or something. And it's got this picture where it's just sort of like all the 
rebel hero characters sort of facing off against all the Imperial characters. And uh, so you see this Mandalorian in here, and then it was later revealed that her name is Sabine. And um, we've actually seen a couple of pictures of her without the helmet now, and it's just been... Uh, we, don't, we still haven't gotten an official video or introduction or anything like that, but we've gotten uh, some more like concept art type stuff that's been revealed online. And so uh, we've gotten a couple pictures of her without the helmet as well. And she looks like, I can't quite tell if she's human or maybe um, Miri Allen, which is, you know, the species that uh, Barris and Luminara are where they sort of have more greenish skin. And her skin looks sort of yellowish. And I don't know, it's not too easy to tell if she's like human or maybe just some sort of really close to human alien species. But either way, the armor looks really cool. I'm always down for more Mandalorian characters. And of course, there's a lot of speculation going around by a lot of people, myself included, that because her name is Sabine, and that's only one letter different from Satine, who was the Duchess of Mandalore in the Clone Wars, is there a family connection there? Um, that should be pretty interesting to see. So um, I don't know, Tim, what'd you think? Yeah, first off, when I saw that packaging art that she appeared on, I was like, oh, cool, we're getting a Mandalorian character in here. And before I even looked at it, I think, I hope she's one of the main hero characters. I think that'd be awesome to have someone who's a Mandalorian or and if they're not Mandalorian, at least have the armor. But then the speculation started. Because <laughs> <laughs> before we got the reveal of that her name is actually Sabine and that um, she's a brand new character, I mean, the tons of stuff on Twitter is speculating, could this possibly be Ahsoka? Is she going to be in Rebels? And since she left the Jedi Order, this is her new role now. And when I first saw that, I was like, I don't know about that. But I looked at the image, I go, you know what? Maybe there's some truth to that. Because looking at the first image that we saw of that packaging art from the Star Wars command line, it wasn't the best quality. So maybe this is why. But her skin tone, to me anyway, kind of had that orangey feel to the word. Maybe it was Ahsoka's like, skin tone on there. But then it was like, well, Ahsoka's a Togruta. How is she going to fit her head with her Leku in a Mandalorian helmet? <laughs> Answer, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> I was not falling for that at all. Yeah, I I think it was just a fanboy in me of Clone Wars and Ahsoka that really wanted to see her in here that kind of led me to want to believe the rumor. But I think deep down, like, yeah, I know that's not going to happen. But um, yeah, and then, then the other speculation that started is her role is maybe she related to like Satine or Bo-Katan or their family somehow. I mean, there's a crazy theory going on right now that I absolutely have no stock in it was that she's like the love child of Obi-Wan and Satine at one point, <laughs> but maybe she was kept in secret because we had that rumor before about Obi-Wan may have a daughter in episode seven and Rebels in episode seven is going to connect. So uh, that started, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's not my, hopefully it's not going to be the case, but I think it would be cool, actually, if she is somehow related to Satine or Bo-Katan. And I even hear theories that maybe she could have been one of the kids from the Academy and Corruption episodes, <laughs> which uh, maybe would have made up for those arcs being so bad if it was <laughs> some relation to those characters. But I don't know. Maybe she's going to be someone completely brand new. But like you said, the way her name is Sabine and how close it is to Satine, it just makes you wonder that there is some type of relation there. But... Overall, I think this is going to be a cool character. And out of the ones we're still waiting for to get, like, those official reveal videos, like Kanan and Ezra, she's the one I want to see most now because how, how does she get that Mandalorian armor? Is she a Mandalorian? What's causing her to join this rebellion? Maybe we'll get some insight as to what happened on Mandalore after the Lawless episode. So, that yeah, I just awesome. can't wait to find out more about her backstory, too. 
Well, you know, what's funny is I kind of just blew my own mind sitting here thinking about this because right <laughs> before you said the thing about maybe she's like the love child of Obi-Wan or Satine or something like that, uh, um, I hadn't heard those rumors before. So I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I thought, and it was before you brought that part up, and I'm thinking like, wait, her name is like one letter different from Satine and we've heard these rumors that Obi-Wan might have a daughter. What if she's Obi-Wan's daughter? And like, I mean, (laughs) depending on how far this is after episode three, maybe he could have had a daughter with somebody else, but he named her after Satine because Satine got killed, you know, and he just changed one letter in her name. I'm like, whoa. And then you brought it up and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not the first person to think of that. (laughs) But um, yeah, at the same time, I mean, I kind of doubt it because if Obi-Wan did have a daughter, she probably... You know, he'd probably be raising her as a Jedi and not letting her run around with a ragtag bunch of rebels dressed up like a Mandalorian. But I am definitely interested to see uh, what the deal is with this character and just sort of where she comes from. And like you said, is she an actual Mandalorian from Mandalore? Is she just a kid who got her hands on some Mandalorian armor, just like Ezra likes to steal Stormtrooper helmets? But, uh, I mean, the at least the design of the character looks really cool. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I'm... I'm hoping that's the next intro video we get. Either her or Zeb, because Zeb looks really cool, too. Yeah, and even her blasters look like the ones the Mandalorians were using in the whole Death Watch stuff that we saw in the Clone Wars. So that kind of makes me lead to believe, too, where maybe she is like a Mandalorian. And and I mean, if she's not, what are the chances that she was able to take everything that a Mandalorian would have the armor, the weapons, too? So, yeah, I don't know. What if out of all those millions of clone troopers, one of them, something happened in the cloning tank, and it turned into a girl, and so she's like Boba Fett's sister. Oh, <laughs> I'm probably There's the first one. person to come up with that theory. Yeah, <laughs> I think you are. I actually have heard a theory. Oh, maybe it's the clone's daughter or somehow. I've heard that too. But with yours, that's a completely new one. <laughs> yeah, but, but um, yeah, definitely too, should be interesting to see. Yeah, with uh, bringing out Ezra, how he has his. Uh, Stormtrooper helmet, and now Sabine has the Mandalorian helmet. Definitely against the way these characters look and their designs, but I just hope whenever they're in battle, we see them with their helmets on because <laughs> they're just so cool <laughs> to see in battle, too. It's like That's what makes part of Star Wars great for me, to see all these great designs and cool-looking designs in the helmet. So, hoping they wear them a lot, not just in battles, but maybe when they have to sneak around in, like, Imperial bases or something. <laughs> yeah, well, especially with Sabine and the Mandalorian armor. I'm not so sure about Ezra, because, well, then again, I mean, he's 14. I don't know how many big battles he's going to be involved in anyways, but I don't know. The the image of a kid, and he wears just sort of like this orange jumpsuit-looking thing, wearing like a big white stormtrooper helmet on top of that, looks kind of goofy, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's fitting for like this street kid, but if you're in the middle of a serious battle, I don't know how cool that would look. But Mandalorian armor... Like, it's hard to make Mandalorian armor not look cool. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely (laughs) would love to see Sabine in some battles, like, with the helmet on. But I think we will because, I mean, we've already seen it in this packaging art. Yeah. See, I even feel that way about Stormtrooper's helmets, too. It's, like, impossible to not look cool. Even, like, these people, as jokes, they're wearing their casual clothes and they have a Stormtrooper helmet on. Like, it still looks cool. (laughs) Like, it it gets pulled off well no matter what you're wearing. (laughs) Unless you're naked, and yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Wow. I just thought of Lego Star in uh, Lego Star Wars 2 when you can get yeah. <laughs> uh, like the beach troopers, which are basically stormtroopers with the helmets and speedos and nothing else on. Yeah. And then you see them in like, like those secret rooms, some in a hot tub. Yeah, yeah. There's like a secret room you can find on the Death Star where all the stormtroopers are chilling in a hot tub. Yeah. Oh, right. man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those were um, the only two characters that were sort of. Well, I guess three characters because we've got Zeb and uh, Sabine and also Agent Callus that we got our first look at through the packaging and stuff at Toy Fair. Now, the one other thing that we saw there that um, kind of I mean struck me kind of as a reveal um, because it, we'd seen in Ezra's video, obviously, the talk about him being Force-sensitive and how Kanan is going to help him discover a little bit more of that. But then in the packaging that we saw at toy fair, you see Ezra with a lightsaber and it's just sort of like this boxy clunky looking lightsaber that they might've had to, you know, scrap together from old fashioned parts, because obviously it's not like he can jump on a Jedi cruiser and go to Ilum to find his own lightsaber crystal, like the younglings in the gathering, you know, um, obviously these guys are trying to, you know, live on their own means, but I was, I don't know. He's got a lightsaber and and fighting the Inquisitor. And suddenly I was a little iffy. But I don't know, Tim, what would you feel about that? Yeah, it did kind of take me by surprise because you expect that to be Kanan on there with the Inquisitor. Because even in his video, it looks like they showed a picture of him about to face off against the Inquisitor. So I was kind of surprised to see it be Ezra on that box. I will say this off, right off the bat. I just love that whole box art for the Star Wars command line. If you got one side with the Rebels where you see Ezra, Kanan, Sabine, and Zeb. And then on the other side, you got the Imperial. You see the TIE Fighter, Stormtroopers, the Inquisitor. And I love how the, the Inquisitor looks with that helmet that he has on. I mean, it'll be cool to see him in battle with that too. So uh, a lot of cool helmets going on in Rebels, which is definitely <laughs> something I'd love to see. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see him fight because, like you said, it raises the question. He really hasn't any had any training with the Force, and he's just coming under Kanan's wing probably to be his apprentice. So unless he's just forced in a situation where he has no other choice to take on the Inquisitor. Maybe I'm kind of thinking it's going to be like how Ahsoka fought Grievous that first time where you know she had no chance of winning. And you even see kind of Grievous get the best of her in an actual lightsaber duel, but she was able to escape just by kind of evading him and dodging him and keeping him out of the way where she wasn't actually his equal and wasn't able to beat him, but she was able to escape. So maybe we'll see some stuff like that until he gets trained more to fully take on the Inquisitor. So I'm just going to have a wait and see approach to see how they decide to play it out. I mean, it could be something where he gets his butt kicked in a battle and it's something that he has to learn from. So we shall see, but everything looks awesome on that box art. I only I want a poster of that, <laughs> really cool, especially the Imperial side. Well, yeah, I had the same thought about Ahsoka. Like, I, I was kind of skeptical at first. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, really? You're going to give the kid a lightsaber already and have him, like, fighting bad guys? But then I was like, you know what? I had the same reaction to Ahsoka in Season 1 fighting General Grievous and stuff. But it's not like she totally kicked his butt or anything. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Ahsoka has had Jedi training and Ezra hasn't. One thing that I realized from this... As soon as I saw him fighting the Inquisitor, I was like, well, now I know exactly why they need the Inquisitor and not just have Darth Vader hunting these guys down. Because they need a bad guy who seems intimidating and threatening, but who the heroes can overcome. Yeah. And uh, because if you have Ezra go up against Darth Vader in a one-on-one -on -one fight, either Darth Vader's going to kill him 
and that's the way it should be, but all the little kids who watch Rebels and Ezra becomes their favorite character because he's the one they can relate to, they're all going to be really sad. Or Ezra's going to get lucky and beat Darth Vader and all of us, you know, longtime fans who grew up with the original trilogy and know that Darth Vader is the coolest movie villain ever are going to be really mad that he got his butt kicked by a little kid. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, they need a scapegoat. They need a secondary villain who can sort of get I don't want to say worn out, but they can use him a lot more than they can use Vader. I think if Vader appears in this show, it's going to be sparingly and he's either going to, you know, beat the heroes or send them running or maybe he'll fight Kanan and Kanan will like barely be able to beat him or just barely escape or something like that. But um, yeah, as soon as I saw Ezra fighting the Inquisitor, I'm like, I don't really like that they're giving him a lightsaber already, but I'm glad he's fighting the Inquisitor and not Darth Vader. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, as soon as I saw his his introduction video, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. You know, you've got like this street kid with force powers that he doesn't really know about. And we'll see him kind of discovering that a little bit. But then it seemed like a big jump from that to, oh, now he's got a lightsaber and he's fighting the main bad guy. Really? Like, eh, I, I wasn't so sure about it, especially because if it's on the packaging now, then you know it's probably going to happen fairly early on. I would love to see them build up to that point. Like maybe in season two or three when he's a little bit older, he's started to be able to control his force powers a little bit. Then he gets a lightsaber and starts going into battle against you know Inquisitors and stuff. But I think the fact that it's on the packaging already means we can guess that this is going to happen pretty early on. I'm hoping it doesn't happen like right in the the one hour special that they're gonna air to kick rebels off with not just because i think he's too young to be like fighting bad guys or anything but also because i think that's a um just sort of an aspect of his character the whole jedi training thing and the relationship between him and kanan that i'd like to see sort of build slowly over time because i think they have a lot of room to explore that but uh, so yeah I, I thought that was maybe just too much all at once to have him suddenly fighting the inquisitor but Again, I'll reserve final judgment for when I actually see it on the show. But that was just the one thing in all this packaging and stuff that we saw that made me just a little bit skeptical. Yeah, and it makes me think, too, uh, maybe they want to – because it seems like they want him to be kind of like the Luke character of the show. And maybe they're going to do something like an Empire where he shouldn't go out to face the Inquisitor, but yet he does it on his own because they already said he's a brash young kid. And he kind of does things on his own. So maybe he goes up against them when he shouldn't, and then, like we said, he gets his butt handed to him. And he's like, or or gets his from. hand handed to him. <laughs> there you go. But I will say this a small thing that I'm really happy about. Both Ezra and Kanan have blue lightsabers, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like blue lightsabers. Like, blue is probably my favorite color of lightsaber. I wouldn't yeah. mind if one of them had green, but, you know. Because it seems like that's always the way it goes. One has blue, one has green. Unless the exception was Obi Wan and Anakin, but that's why I was kind of surprised they didn't go with this route. But well, I'm happy. they're saving the green for when uh, when Ahsoka shows up on the show. There you go. That's the reason. Yeah, <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yep, my my speculation just made it happen. But uh, yeah, okay. So a couple other cool things we saw from the Toy Fair packaging and stuff. The Inquisitors. Uh, advanced TIE fighter looks way cool. Yeah. Um, it looks kind of similar to Darth Vader's TIE advance, but at the same time, not really. It looks more sort of like just a standard TIE fighter, but with curved wings. So 
in a way, it kind of looks like a cross between... Because it does sort of have a little bit... Like, I saw a top view of the toy that they had out there on display, and it looks like it does have a little bit of sort of that back section that Darth Vader's has, but it's definitely not as long as Vader's is. So it kind of looks like a cross between Darth Vader's TIE Advanced and a regular TIE Fighter and Darth Maul's Sith Interceptor. Yeah, um, That has (laughs) those, you know, the more curved wing shape. And uh, from the toy, you could tell, I mean, I saw a kind of close-up picture of one, and it looked like those wings had hinges where the wings could fold down, um, which uh, Darth Maul's ship can also do. I don't know if that's actually how it's going to work in the show or if that was just, you know, if that's how they make the toy just so the wings can fit in the box. Um, so I don't know. It'll be cool to see that thing in action, see how it actually looks and how the wings work and all that kind of stuff. But I thought that was a really cool ship design. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, it was sitting right next to the um, ATDP. Uh, I think the new uh, Walker is going to be yeah, the ATDP. And then, but the the Inquisitor's Tie Fighter kind of stood out amongst that because you yeah, had the Phantom, the Tie Fighter, and the ATDP all, like all in a row. And yeah, the Tie Fighter is one where it makes you kind of catches your eye the most. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I got the Darth Maul uh, is a ship uh, vibe too from it. And along with Darth Vader's uh, TIE Advance. So it's like a nice melding of all those different types of <laughs> TIE Fighter designs, which makes it look really cool. Yeah, and it's just got, I mean, like you said, it stands out because it's got this nice, just sort of sleek, rounded look to it that just makes it look really kind of cool and slick. Yeah, I'm not much of a vehicle guy, really. I mean, pretty much I just go by X-Wings and uh, TIE Fighters are pretty much, oh, I guess the Jedi Starfighter from Episode 2, those are pretty much my favorite ship designs. But... Um, yeah, like you said, this one did catch my eye. And I've seen a lot of reactions to it, too, even more so than some figures where, like, hey, did you see the TIE Advance or man, the, the Inquisitor's TIE Fighter looks really cool. <laughs> I've seen that a lot. So it's definitely catching a lot of people's eyes how cool the design is. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the Jedi Starfighter. That's another thing it reminded me of just a little bit was the um, the Episode three Jedi Starfighters that have the wings that fold out. That's true, too, yeah. So, yeah, I had a little bit, you know, a little bit of that design in it as well. But, I mean, mostly it's kind of looks just like a standard TIE fighter, but with curved wings. And I just think it's a pretty cool design. And it was it was interesting that that was, like, something new that we hadn't seen before, even though we've seen so much of the Imperial stuff already. I think it was, like, what, New York Comic Con last year where they'd had that whole presentation just showing off all these yeah. new Imperial vehicle designs. And so I wasn't really expecting a whole lot of new Imperial stuff. So when I saw this TIE fighter, I was like, whoa, what is that? Yeah, and another thing, too, um, that kind of threw me off guard when I was seeing all the news coming from the Star Wars Rebels action figures, because there were some photos of, like, some uh, characters from, like, uh, the original trilogy and the prequels, and there was one image with R2 and 3PO on there, and it was, like, it was part of the Rebels line, but it's kind of makes oh, so they're going to be in the series. That's really cool. It's, like, you could kind of expect that, but it's still cool to know, but then I think it's not necessarily the case because there are other characters like I think Anakin, Obi-Wan and some other characters are part of that Rebels line but even though they're not going to be in the show they're still going to be packaged like the way the Rebels figures are so kind of had to take a step back like oh, okay maybe it wasn't confirmed that C-3PO and R2 are in there but I'm sure they eventually will be but at least right away and when you see action figures of them in the Rebels line it's not necessarily the case that they will be in it. I don't well, think you're going to be seeing Anakin Skywalker 
in Rebels without being Darth Vader. Right, right. But I did, I don't know, one article I was reading about it, they said, like, it was officially confirmed that R2-D2 and C-3PO were going to be confirmed in the series. Now, I don't know if that was whoever wrote the article just made that assumption based on the action figures or if they actually, like, spoke to uh, Hasbro or Lucasfilm or Disney person there at Toy for, uh, at Toy Fair who confirmed it. But, um, I mean, regardless, like I said, in that Chopper video, you see a screenshot where they have concept art of Chopper compared to concept art of R2-D2, and it doesn't look like the R2-D2 from the Clone Wars. So I'm pretty sure that regardless of what line those action figures come from, that R2-D2 and presumably C-3PO will be in this series at some point. But I was surprised, like, if these are official Rebels action figures, I I was kind of surprised that they would appear this early on. Um, because like we talked about earlier, how we're going to see the Rebel Alliance slowly build up. I would assume we would see R2 and 3PO alongside Bail Organa and even you know Princess Leia if we see them at some point. But I wouldn't expect them to be in like the first few episodes of the show. So I'm kind of surprised they would have action figures already if those are in fact Rebels action figures. But I'm not surprised that those characters are going to appear in the show at some point. Yeah, totally agree. I just think it's weird, though, that they do that just for toy lines in general, include characters that, you know, have nothing really to do with the show or even movies sometimes. I remember when The Dark Knight was coming out and there was a toy of a Deathstroke. Was it a paper? Oh, is Deathstroke going to be in the movie? But yeah, like there was no connection for him whatsoever to be in the movie. So the stuff like that confuses me. Like, why even bother to put them in there and just kind of keep it to stuff that uh, characters that have to do with the actual show? I'm trying really hard right now not to go off on a totally unrelated tangent about how cool it would have been to see Deathstroke in the Dark Knight Rises and how cool it is to see him in Arrow. But (laughs) that is a discussion for another time. But, um, yeah, I mean, oh, the other thing, too, there was a picture where they had, I think, a couple of characters from... Rebels, because they also had a an action figure of a Rebel Stormtrooper, and uh, they might have had, you know, it was in this picture, there were a couple of Rebels characters, and then in the background, you could see a Boba Fett action figure, and I was like, okay, it's probably one of, like, the Saga Legends or whatever the movie line is that they're doing right now, um, and, you know, going along with all the Luke and Han action figures and all that kind of stuff, but I was like, is that a Boba Fett figure from Rebels? Like, how cool would that be? But... Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was just part of their movie line. Although I also would be surprised if we don't see Boba Fett at all in the series at some point. But, um, I think one Mandalorian is enough for us to get all excited and speculating about for now. So I'll, uh, I'll wait for the Sabine action figure and then wait and see if we get a Boba Fett one later. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, but if uh, she ends up being his sister, like your theory is, you know, <laughs> to show up at some point. <laughs> well, and then of course being Star Wars, you know, they have to like, fall in love with each other yeah. and then <laughs> yeah they won't find out till way later yeah exactly the stand above that stand a little movie will deal with that <laughs> and then i don't know cad bane will be like boba fett's old mentor and he'll be like cad bane why didn't you tell me because it was freaking funny to watch you guys <laughs> he would probably say something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, okay, and then, so we've got all the Rebels' main characters, except the one who was conspicuously absent from all this Toy Fair stuff was Harrison Dula, who we've also mentioned before because uh, we've seen her picture and description on some Lego packaging uh, before Toy Fair, but 
she hasn't gotten an action figure or anything yet and uh, wasn't on any of those packages that we saw. But around that time, um, we also got, I mean, like I was saying, how we got some additional images and stuff of uh, Sabine revealed through Twitter and things like that. Um, they also sent out a picture of uh, Harrison Dula, and um, it's just one image, but, you know, like we've said from the Legos, she's a green-skinned Twi'lek. No official word yet on whether or not she's related to Champson Dula, but since they're the same species and have the same last name, I find it hard to believe that there wouldn't be a connection there. And I think it would be really cool if there was, because I thought Champson Dula was a pretty cool character. But I don't know. For all we know, they could say they're not related at all and that Sindula is like the Twilight version of Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. It seems like such a waste. Why would they pick that? I mean, and plus, too, uh, Cham Sindula's background fits with a character who would be someone who would lead the charge for a rebellion against the Empire. So it's like it all fits together too nicely for them not to do that. But... Um, I have to say, though, it is finally nice to see an image of Harrison Dula that's not of a Lego figure. <laughs> kind of get a better idea of what she's going to look like. She's like she's going to be a cool character. And as we'll get to it a little bit when we talk about the teasers, but we're kind of getting the impression that she's probably going to be uh, the one who's uh, the captain of the ghost, where it's going to be her ship. So, yeah, just another character that we're looking forward to, to seeing the video reveal sometime. <laughs> so I guess if I had to choose an order, it would probably be uh, Sabine, Zeb, then Hera. <laughs> I want to see revealed despite um, excitement for the characters. So hopefully not too long of a wait now. Yeah, I think my, my order lineup would probably be just about the same. But uh, see, I don't know about Hera being the captain of the ghost. I think... Because I think in the video for Kanan, um, and I could be remembering wrong, I'll have to go watch it again, but I think when Pre Freddie Pins Jr. is describing the character, he talks about how he's sort of like the leader of this crew and that it's his ship, and if he tells you to do something, you got to do it. Um, he says something along those lines. So I thought um, that, you know, Kanan, I was under the impression that Kanan was the one who owned the ship and that maybe Hera's just the one who flies it or something like that. But again, we'll just have to wait and see when we actually, when we get her sort of official character reveal and then when we see how things play out in the show. But, uh, you know, one other thing where I was going to mention too is that um, I don't remember where we heard the rumor a while ago that Freddie Prince Jr. was... Um, you know, rumored to be voicing a character in Star Wars Rebels. But that is, I think, the first rumor so far that uh, we've heard as just a rumor and then it ended up being true. So um, mark that as one tally in the true rumors column and we'll see how many more play out. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's pretty rare. And even with Ezra, too, because uh, Taylor Gray, who's going to be playing Ezra, was in that same uh, group of actors who are rumored to be the voices for the main characters of Rebels. So it kind of would be safely to assume now that maybe the other actors mentioned in that report will be involved with Rebels somehow. I believe it was Steve Bloom was an actor in there and uh, Vanessa Marshall. And then also one of the actors who's been rumored for Episode 7 who has one of the last names that we can't pronounce, David O. Lalo or something. I know I'm screwing it up. Big time, or something like that. Yeah. So those are the other three that were mentioned in that initial report. So maybe they could be the other characters who we haven't gotten reveals yet. So, but I think it's, at least I'm taking it anyway, that it looks more than likely that those will be the other cast members for the series. Just the question of who they're playing now. Yeah. Except I think, so how many actors were in that report? It was like five. 
Yeah, I think it was just those five. At least I'm forgetting someone, but... No, except we need another female voice actor yeah. in there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, once we find out who... There, there's more than just those six main characters, although I guess nobody's voicing Chopper, so that's like five of the main rebel heroes. But then, of course, we've got the Inquisitor and Agent Callus and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see once we start getting more of the voice cast revealed, too. I'm definitely excited to see if there are any recognizable names or voices that are going to be voicing any of those other characters. Yeah, and I just hope too that we got maybe we're just being spoiled by this great week of had of news and reveals that they just keep the pace up with these character reveals because I don't see why they would reveal two characters with Kanan and Ezra but then have a long gap between uh, until we get the next reveal of the next batch of characters, especially when we saw all of them already in these different Toy Fair images. So I'm hoping with a kind of steady schedule where we get these reveal videos, maybe like one or two a week, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, even before we got Kanan, it had only been maybe a couple of weeks since we got the Chopper video. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would think, I mean, I don't know if they'll keep up the pace with one or two a week. It kind of seemed to me like they were kind of trying to rush these out before Toy Fair. Like, oh, crap, everybody's about to see these characters for the first time anyway, so we might as well like reveal the two main characters. But, um, yeah, I would think... Let's be on the safe side here. I would think it won't be more than a month before we get the next one. But for all we know, it could be by the end of this week. So, Hopefully tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, if it does come out tomorrow, we're not going to just, like, stop and record another episode because it'll be too much. (laughs) (laughs) The Zabine or Zeb or Hera-specific episode. (laughs) Yeah, and, well, I mean, maybe if they come up with some really cool backstory. Like, if they say that Sabine is Boba Fett's sister, (laughs) I'm recording another episode the minute that news comes out. (laughs) Yeah, we have to. It'll just be, like, yeah, it'll be a real quick 10-minute episode. It'll be like, this is the news, this is what they said about Sabine, and I told you so. (laughs) Come back next week, may the Force be with you. We could all bask in your glory then. Yep. yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all the stuff we got from Toy Fair. And, again, if you're into Star Wars collecting, well, for one thing, if you're a really big collector, you've probably seen a lot of this stuff anyways. But, I mean, if you want to see more about the Clone War, or the Star Wars uh, Black, line, uh, Black Series 6-inch figures, uh, they've got some cool-looking new ones of those, um, and, you know, Lego sets and movie figures and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, you can find that stuff all over the internet. Um, just, you know, Google Star Wars Toy Fair or, um, you know, it's on a lot of the main news websites and stuff. So um, that's all out there. There's a lot of other stuff that we're not necessarily going to cover on here because it doesn't necessarily pertain to Episode 7 or Rebels or any of the main topics that we usually cover. But uh, kind of the last big thing we have to talk about, uh, like we said this morning, we got two new Rebels teaser trailers and finally got our first look at some actual footage of uh, how the show is going to look. So, Tim, uh, what were your first impressions of that? Yeah, when I first saw it, it was like before I hit the play button, I was like, please see actual footage. Don't be like that early 15 second trailer (laughs) with the Star Destroyer. (laughs) I kind of had a feeling we would because we knew there were each 30 seconds. So when I finally saw it, I was pretty much happy with how it looked. It's kind of weird because... To me, it feels familiar to Clone Wars, but at the same time, different too. And to me, that's a good thing. But um, the trailers mainly focus on Ezra, it seemed like. 
I thought maybe each one would focus on a different character, maybe reveal one of the new characters we saw at Toy Fair, but it turns out they were actually just a Ezra, which was fine because I like kind of the, the setting it was having on there because for me, I just got a vibe of that deleted scene of A New Hope where Luke is on Tatooine. He's looking through his like uh, binoculars, seeing the space battle of the Star Destroyer, the 10 4 going on out there. That's what I got the vibe from when I saw this trailer because you see Ezra looking at a TIE fighter, which I'm assuming is the ghost that's having a battle with, and they're just shooting it out over the planet Lothal. Looks like he's just minding his own business, and then he sees this battle going on. And then we see the TIE fighter crash land on there. I just love the part in the Ignite trailer, which is probably my favorite one out of the two, where he goes to the ruined TIE fighter uh, ship and opens the opens the cockpit and then he sees like it's all smoking then you see the face of a tie fighter it's like slowly turned to him but you don't fully see its helmet but just enough to see of the silhouette that was like oh it's really cool seeing a tie fighter pilot design in there like an animation for the first time look really cool and then something obviously happens because the ship blows up and we see ezra jump out with the tie fighter helmet so it's fitting along with his character where he likes to collect imperial armor so we know he'll probably have a tie fighter and a Stormtrooper cadet helmet in his collection, but yeah, overall it looked really cool. And then the space battles between the Ghosts and the Tie Fighters it was just awesome. Hearing the classic Tie Fighter sound and the Star Wars score that we're familiar with on this trailer, so it just brought a good feeling of Star Wars to me when I was watching this. So I was really happy for it with these two trailers, even though they were short. But just it did its job of getting me more excited and pumped up for the show. So. Yeah, it's too bad it's still in the fall and not <laughs> any earlier, but we still got plenty of more announcements and probably trailers and footage to see before it actually premieres. But the, these two previews were enough to get me more excited for the show and a good way to cap off a great week of awesome news. So <laughs> they did their job well. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is, I mean, we do have to wait till the fall, till the you know sort of full version of the show airs, but we've got the one-hour special um, airing sometime over the summer. We still don't know exactly when. And then I've also heard them say multiple times that they're going to have like a series of shorts introducing yeah, the characters. True. And I don't know if that'll be, I, I don't know if they're talking about these videos that they've been releasing or I'm hoping it's some sort of, um, you know, some like mini webisodes or something where it'll actually be like animated episodes that are maybe just like five minutes long or something, kind of little prequels leading up to, uh, to the big one hour episode that we're going to get to kick off the series. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the look of the animation looks pretty cool. It's kind of hard to get a sense of how it's going to look overall just because, I mean, really the kind of the two main settings that we saw in that trailer were, um, like you said, Ezra on the plains of Lothal with uh, the TIE fighter battling the ghost overhead. And it, it looked kind of barren, but it's, like, supposed to. It's just this grassy plain. You can't really tell a whole... I mean, you know, it looked good for a grassy plain, but you're not going to see, like, a lot of buildings and corridors and a bunch of other characters walking around and stuff. So it was kind of hard to see how well-detailed the animation is going to be just from that. And then, of course, we see the ghost fighting a couple of TIE fighters in space, which, again, you see the ghost, you see the TIE fighters, and you see space. And there's not a whole lot of other... Um, you know, environmental elements going on. So I feel like we still don't really have a really good grasp on um, sort of exactly how the show is going to look. But I mean, I kind of agree with what you said, how it looks similar to Clone Wars, but at the same time different. I've heard a lot of people complaining about the looks of the characters and stuff, how yeah, they, they do sort of have more sort of like softer rounded features that 
maybe more resemble what you would expect to see from a Disney animated film. And people are like, oh, it's, you know, they made it look more cartoony and dumbed down for Disney and little kids and stuff. I'm like, look, I don't care. I mean, for, for one thing, the characters look pretty much exactly how I pictured them. Um, although I had no idea how Kanan or Ezra or anybody specifically was going to look. But just in terms of the animation style, I figured it would look a little bit more Disney-fied, if you want to call it that, for you know being a series on Disney XD. And since they said it was going to be a different um, animation style than Clone Wars... I kind of pictured exactly, I don't want to say exactly, but just sort of the style that these characters are animated and modeled in. That's pretty close to how it was in my mind in terms of just the general look of the features and stuff like that. But I don't mind it because, um, again, it's just something slightly different. But, I mean, it's Star Wars. And as long as they're cool characters and cool stories and there's you know some cool action going on, I could care less if the characters look like they're out of a Disney movie. That alone is not what makes it, you know, dumbed down or kiddie or anything like that. And if it makes it more accessible for kids, great. Like, that's what they're aiming at, obviously, with all these action figures and the fact that it's on Disney XD. I mean, that's, I would say, even more sort of a kids channel than Cartoon Network. And I, I really would not expect to see quite as much sort of dark and violent stuff on... Um, Star Wars Rebels as we did in the Clone Wars, but at the same time, I do think that, you know, with the team of people behind it, with Simon Kinberg and Dave Filoni and Greg Wiseman, I think it's going to still be a really cool and fun and action-packed show, and that there's going to be a lot for older fans to love in it, too. And I think my favorite part of those trailers was just the uh, the space battles between the Ghost and the TIE Fighters, and I mean, like I said, from watching this stuff on... Um, with Ezra on the planes, I was like, okay, this looks cool, but I still, you know, I want to see more of like how it's going to look when they're walking through a city or through an Imperial base or whatever. Cause there's nothing real exciting about just, you know, this open grassy plane, but I know that's not where most of the show is going to take place. But then once I saw a space battle and saw some TIE fighters flying by and everything, I was like, for one, this looks like it could be right out of the original trilogy. I mean, it looks like the scene when the Falcon yeah. is escaping the Death Star and they're blowing up the TIE fighters, chasing them. And it's just sort of that classic trilogy Star Wars action that I love and want to see more of. Um, and yeah, I'm so I'm really excited for that. But overall, yeah, it was a good first impression for me. Um, we didn't see a ton of stuff, but for a quick couple of teaser trailers, I was happy with what we got, especially because in one of the trailers... I don't remember because they're both pretty similar, so I can't remember which one's the spark and which one's the ignite. But in one of them, they're like this fall on Disney XD, the saga continues. And I'm like, yeah. that's my podcast. <laughs> like, how cool was that? <laughs> they put that in there just for us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They were looking at all the Star Wars podcasts and they said, let's pick the saga continues to put in the tagline. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, I just want to go back to what you were talking about earlier about the whole design and look of the show. I mean, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I and mean, you can tell it does have a little bit of that Disney feel. I mean, I've heard comparison that Ezra looks like Aladdin, <laughs> which I can <laughs> definitely see. But at the same time, it's still Star Wars. It still looks like Star Wars. And it was I'm, pretty much what you said. I agree with what you said where it has to be like expected that way. And I just have to say, I guess I'll go on a little tangent here, where <laughs> some of the negative reaction I've seen about this from fans was a little bit disappointing really because i don't know it's just that like you said where they're thinking that's going to be toned down it's going to be just for kids and 
it's not going to be for adults and any and all that stuff. And Clone Wars fans who are still upset that it got canceled, and it seems like they want to take it out on Rebels and take it out on like people like Greg Wiseman and the producers of it, like it was their fault that Clone Wars got canceled, and it's because of Rebels, which is not the case at all. But I mean, it just reminds me actually of history repeating itself, like. Pretty much when the Clone Wars started, we heard the exact same thing. The designs look terrible. This is too kiddie. Like, people who didn't like the prequels are saying, oh, this is making the prequels look good. This is a new low for Star Wars. And then look how Clone Wars turned out and how you got everyone backing that show and uh, complaining about Rebels. So just like history repeating itself and the cycle is moving on again. So I was a little disappointed with that, but at the same time, it's the internet and you know how fandom can be. <laughs> and there's always going to be those who are negative about it out there. But it's just a shame because to me, it's all Star Wars. And if you like Star Wars, this is stuff to be excited about and to look forward to and not to be kind of wishing one series that's over is still going on and not looking forward to the next version of the Star Wars saga that's going on right now. We should be excited for it, not just kind of being stuck in the past and lamenting about stuff that's not going to continue on anymore. So yeah, that's the end of my tangent. Just something I had to get <laughs> off my chest because I saw a lot of it during this week where it was a great week of news and announcement at the same time. There were still those fans out there who were like kind of bringing the negative to it, but too much good stuff to bring me fully down. But <laughs> anyway... To some, I had to get off my chest. So. Yeah, and no, you know what? I agree with you, though. I guess I wasn't as disappointed by it just because at this point, um, you know, we're all still just waiting to see how the show plays out. Like, if someone says, oh, this show doesn't look all that good, I can't say, no, you're wrong. The show is exactly. awesome because I haven't seen it yet either. Um, but, you know, at this point when it's all just sort of preview stuff and teaser trailers and character reveals and everything – you can be skeptical about it or you can be hopeful and optimistic about it. And I am definitely firmly on the hopeful and optimistic side of the fence, especially now that we've seen some of the characters and we've seen a little bit of the footage. I'm like, you know, I, I still can't say for sure, like, oh, this is going to be an awesome show. But from what I've seen, all signs are pointing to at least pretty good, if not really good. Um, and of course, you know, I'm still going to wait until I see the show to make my final judgment. Now, after the show airs, if it's really awesome and there are people who refuse to watch it just because, oh, it looks like a cartoon and it looks like it's for little kids and it's on Disney, then I'll go off on those people and be like, look, you can't judge it based just on that and at least give it a chance and you're yeah. going to love it and it's an awesome show. But I mean, until then, I'm like, be negative if you want. I'm excited about it and we'll find out who's right and who's wrong when we actually get to watch the show. Yeah, just like look at the crew behind it with Dave Filoni, Greg Wiseman, and Simon Kimber. I mean, especially Dave Filoni, he didn't steer us wrong with the Clone Wars. And I mean, maybe if he wasn't involved in those who were big fans of the Clone Wars, I can understand their skepticism a little bit, even though I might not fully agree with it. But to be so skeptical and negative towards it when you know Dave Filoni, who took care of the Clone Wars so well, is involved with this, you should expect that same type of quality and care he's going to bring to this series also. I'm not worried about it all being too kiddie. Maybe it might not be as dark as the Clone Wars, but you're still going to see some adult stuff. I mean, I think you're going to see some stormtroopers get shot, some characters get killed off. I mean, if it was like one of those old like Saturday morning cartoons where you see a bunch of blasters being fired, but no one's getting shot and hit, <laughs> then that would be someone like, yeah, that's something that's a little too toned down. But even in those previous videos we saw for Kanan, he you saw him shoot some stormtroopers. Mm -hmm. So we're still going to get that stuff in there. So as far as it being too kiddie, that's something that's not really... Uh, a concern for me at all and even going back to 
that New York Comic Con panel, Papa Hidalgo said, by the fourth episode, you'll see the series take a dark turn. So I think we're going to still experience the same great balance of it being lighthearted and some darker moments or adult theme moments that we saw in the Clone Wars. Maybe not to that extreme, but we're still going to get some of it. Yeah, I do think that overall, I think it'll probably be a little bit more sort of fun and lighthearted and less yeah. dark than the Clone Wars was, especially in some of the later seasons. But I mean, I agree with you. I don't know if we're going to get any like sort of dark, violent, dramatic character deaths, but we're definitely going to have some stormtroopers getting shot and some TIE fighter pilots getting blown up because... You know, if you don't have that in Star Wars, then it's just going to be boring. And, you know, like you said, if the if the main characters can't kill the stormtroopers, then they're going to be just as bad as the stormtroopers where they're firing their blasters and can't hit the yeah. broadside of a moisture evaporator, as Luke Skywalker says in Star Wars Battlefront 2. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because I was uh, – I think I was commenting on an article about it on IGN the other day or something, and somebody had commented on there and was like, yeah, I'm going to be pissed if this is, you know, way turned down and cartoony and kitty and nobody dies. And I commented on it. I was like, look, there's probably going to be a lot of stormtroopers getting shot. People will die. There will probably just be a f- lot less decapitations than we saw in the Clone Wars. That would be my expectation. Yeah. We're probably not going to see Ezra get captured by a bunch of Mandalorians and then, you know, have R2 shoot him his lightsabers and jump up and cut four heads off at once. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we'll still see some really cool Star Wars action that can be enjoyed by more than just a young audience. Yeah, just... Think of the first Star Wars, A New Hope. I mean, it's a great, awesome story, but how much really, like, dark stuff was in that movie that we saw in The Clone Wars? Nothing really close. Like I said, the decapitations. I mean, just blasters, like, shootouts that we've had in dogfights of shit's blowing up and that's exactly what we're going to get in rebels and anyone i think who's listening to this podcast uh, loves a new hope so what are you doing here yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and i mean they said that too that the tone of rebels is going to be closer to the original trilogy where it's just sort of that adventure and action and that sort of thing which i'm fine with if they tried to do it like you know maybe something like the clone wars or the prequel era where it felt dark and like there should be some dark stuff going on but they shied away from it or censored it just because it's on a disney channel then i might be a little upset but if the you know if the content and what you're seeing on screen matches the you know the stories and the time period and the tone that you're going for and it feels like the original star wars i mean even the original star wars movies weren't that dark like you said um and uh Episode four, A New Hope, was going to be rated G until they added in the charred bodies of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. So it's like there's not even a lot of dark, violent stuff that happens in that movie. When Obi-Wan Kenobi dies, he doesn't get decapitated. He gets, you know, you see Vader's lightsaber go through him and then he just disappears and his robe drops to the floor and there's no blood or body parts or anything like that. So I don't think you have to have that to be able to enjoy Star Wars. I think as long as... There's, you know, just good characters and fun action and story and stuff going on. It doesn't need to be super dark for the older fans to enjoy it. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> We're on the same page with that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for uh, when we finally get to see the show and hopefully it'll be as great as we're making it sound like, and it doesn't make us look like complete idiots, but I don't think it will. Cause like we've said before, just from, you know, the characters and what we've seen so far and from the talented group of people working on it, it seems like it should be pretty good. 
Yeah, and even right off the bat, it's not as great as maybe we were expecting it to. We've still got to give it time. I mean, look how far the Clone Wars progressed from season one to, to season two to season three to season yeah. four to season five. So if you're not happy with the first, uh, with the hour-long special, don't write it off just with that. I mean, you got to let it kind of find its footing and just let it continue on and just see where it goes because you just can't judge a whole series just based on a f- first few episodes, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Although I think just because of the success of Clone Wars and because of how far they came on that show. Now I think the expectations placed on Dave Filoni and Lucasfilm animation in particular are a lot higher than they were at the beginning of Clone Wars. It's like, okay, we're not going to let you go all the way back to the drawing board because we've seen the level you were at, at, uh, you know, the end of Clone Wars season five. So, you know, we're expecting something at least that quality. I mean, I know a lot of people feel that way. I'm trying not to be like too demanding of it or anything, but at the same time, I am expecting the first season of Rebels to be better than the first season of Clone Wars, at least on a technical level as far as the animation and stuff. I mean, story-wise, the story and characters and everything could be completely different and not even comparable. But You see, I'm not um, sure if that's an expectation I have, at least not to look how like the season five and probably the season six episodes are going to be, because I do think their production budget's going to be smaller than what they were doing on Clone Wars. Because I think that's might have been part of the reason why it got canceled, because they're so expensive to produce, and Disney probably doesn't want to spend that much on the show. So I think it'll still look good, but probably not on the same level as the later season of Clone Wars did. I think we might have to maybe put our expectations a little bit lower to look that good. So I don't know. Maybe they'll <laughs> learn some new tricks and even without the full budget, have it look as good as those. But at least for me, I'm keeping my expectations a little bit lower as far as how awesome and amazing Clone Wars look. Well, right. And like I said, for me personally, I'm not necessarily expecting the first episode of Rebels to look just as good as the last episode of Clone Wars. But like I said, I'm expecting the first few episodes of Rebels to look better than the first few episodes of Clone Wars. Um, And, you know, it's a different art style and animation and everything and aesthetic and all that. So... Who knows? It could be totally different altogether. But, um, you know, we'll just see as we uh, get hopefully more and more previews and teaser trailers and things like that as we get closer to the launch of the show. Yes. Still a little too early to get, a like you said, full impression on the animation quality. But at least we got a little better tease than that Star Destroyer <laughs> 50-second teaser that we got a few months ago. Yeah. That's for sure. Or that uh, those still images with the wrapping llama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I think has been pulled down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I think that's uh, finally a wrap on um, what's been a long week of news, tons of Rebels stuff, and finally got our release date for the Clone Wars Season 6 and uh, you know a couple episodes, seven things in there too. So, I mean, like we said, it's been a, a busy week, a hectic week, a lot of news and a lot of good stuff, and uh, it's certainly been a great week to be excited for all these upcoming star Wars projects. But, uh, before we go, Tim, you said we've got some, uh, some mail or some listener feedback or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Especially with all this stuff getting announced. I wanted to get the listeners takes on it. So got some Facebook comments from a few of our listeners to get their impressions of some of the big news. So regarding like the early rebels announcements and the clone wars bonus content, or I got to stop saying bonus content. It's season six now. Eh, (laughs) It's all the same thing. So our Clone Wars Season 6, so uh, the first message we got on Facebook from Brian V. Klein, he says, I'm just glad the Lost Missions are being distributed in a way that isn't going to cost me an ex- extra money at first, as the Apple TV rumor would have. 
I would have definitely spent the money to watch them first run on Apple TV, which I probably would have too. <laughs> but I don't have to now since I am a Netflix streaming member already. Plus, we get to watch all 13 episodes at once instead of having to wait to see one a week. I'm also loving the Rebels news, especially regarding the characters and action figures since I'm a collector. I'm trying my best not to go all in right now with Rebels since the start is so far away and don't want to torture myself too much in the meantime. Yeah, I can definitely understand that, <laughs> but at the same time, it's still so exciting to see all this stuff. And then also we got one from Martin Elman who said, uh, well, it seems that 2014 arrived and the news is finally pouring in. I guess Lucasfilm celebrates Chinese New Year. <laughs> I'm so excited about the news we are getting right now. It seems they are getting the, the Clone Wars news out of the way first, sprinkling some Rebel stuff, because let's face it, it's still very early to be hearing about a show that's coming out in the fall. I think they are building interest in Star Wars slowly so we can get the inevitable Episode 7 news. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of agree with that, Where, like we were talking about earlier, where we're getting all this great Clone Wars and Rebels news that Episode 7 stuff was kind of on the back burner, and I really didn't mind it because all this news has been so great. And then if you're a fan of everything Star Wars, this is going to keep you uh, tidy over until uh, the Episode 7 news going to have to start pouring in, which should be in a few months or so. But, yeah, I totally agree with Martin. So just getting this stuff up so uh, the Episode 7 news can speak for itself when it comes out, and it won't be any other Star Wars news with Rebels or Clone Wars going on by the time that big stuff comes out. Right, except by the time we get some big stuff with Episode 7, um, we could be watching Rebels and, you know, we still have <laughs> other Star Wars stuff going on, but... Well, I hope um, not casting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, not casting, but, you know, was when we get descriptions and teaser trailers and all that kind of stuff once they've finished filming, um, I'm sure that'll be well into the first season of Rebels, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that too. Although I would say one thing that I would disagree with that Martin said is that, uh, I don't know that they're necessarily slowly sprinkling in some rebels news because we kind of got a flood of it this past week. Um, and I don't think it's really too early to be getting all this, um, you know, news and reveals and stuff for a show that's coming out in the fall because it's February now. And if the one hour premiere of the show is going to be over the summer and they're going to have some shorts before that, and we've still got a bunch of characters that they're probably still going to reveal and, you know, hopefully have some more of those introduction type videos that they've been doing. Um, you know, that stuff is all going to fly by and summer is going to be here before you know it. And so the more stuff they want to reveal now, I'm like, sure, bring it on. I'll take it. Yeah, it seems further away than it actually is, <laughs> especially when yeah. the stuff looks so good. It does seem further along. But yeah. And, I mean, you know, a few months till, I don't know, it might be like seven or eight months or something. They haven't said exactly when it's going to air. But, um, you know, it is still kind of a ways off. But like I said, it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah. And then with uh, the Toy Friend news that we got on the weekend, Brian also mentioned on Facebook that some of his favorite stuff were the six-inch black figures a black series figures they look amazing he says in particular the java and chewy one which um i was just so concentrated on the rebel stuff that i really wasn't paying attention too much to the other uh star wars uh, figures especially the black series but when i did see him yeah they look really good that java one does look uh, pretty awesome mm, and then yeah. you also like the hot uh, luke or with the wampa tag version and then as far as the rebels figures he says um they look pretty much how I thought they would in the five points of our articulation and a lower price point. So the scopes match the criteria. 
I really like the newly announced Agent Catalyst as well as uh, the Inquisitor's TIE Advanced Fighter. So yeah, <laughs> again, that TIE Fighter is making the rounds as being one of the highlights for a lot of people. Yeah, that is a sweet looking TIE Fighter. But yeah, with those six inch black figures, I uh, I think probably my favorites that they revealed um, for the new stuff was the Darth Vader in the episode six Luke. Um, I'm definitely going to probably try to pick those up. I've got two of the black series figures right now. I've got the pilot Luke and Darth Maul. And I'm kind of bummed because then the second wave came out and had Han Solo and Boba Fett. And I wanted to pick those two up, but those came out right before Christmas and you know, the big holiday shopping season. And I still haven't found those anywhere. Um, And I have a friend actually who works at Walmart and uh, is also a big Star Wars fan and he's, you know, kind of collects stuff too. And so he's always checking for, you know, the latest action figures and Lego sets and stuff and lets me know if they have any new stuff. And every time I talk to him, I'm like, hey, do you get the, do you guys get those new Black Series figures in yet? And he's like, nope, I still haven't seen them. So I'm like, oh, come on. And the Boba Fett's going for like 40 or 50 bucks on Amazon. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to pay that much for it. I just need to find it in a store somewhere. Man, it's been so long since I've collected action figures, but hearing that just takes me back to the Kenner days in 90s, like 6, 97, when the Power of the Force lines launched again, and some of the figures that were so hard to get there, like Boba Fett and Darth Vader and Princess Leia, who got, I believe, recalled because too many people thought she looked like a guy. (laughs) (laughs) She was like the hardest figure of that first wave to find, but (laughs) those are fun times. I kind of miss the collecting days, but... Yeah, I, I think I definitely purchased enough to <laughs> hold me over and kind of keep me in check now, not to go full-on collecting mode <laughs> nowadays, but those were fun times. Yeah, see, I kind of went full-on collecting mode with the Clone Wars three and three-quarter inch figures, so I don't know if I'm going to do the same with Rebels, especially because it's kind of disappointing to me that they only have five points of articulation now. Um, I mean, I get that they're kind of making it, A, so that they can make them cheaper, and B... Because, like, if they're making them for kids, then, um, you know, you if you're just playing with them, like, you kind of only need five points of articulation. But for the older fans who like to put them on shelves in different poses and stuff, like, you can't really do much with that. So I don't know if I'm going to go all out with collecting those again like I did with Clone Wars, but I might pick up a couple of the main characters. Yeah, I'd probably be pick and choose for me, too. <laughs> Definitely probably get the Sabine figure because her Mandalorian armor looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that before the before we started recording the episode. It's it's hard to make Mandalorian armor not look cool, and I will definitely be picking up that action figure. Yeah, definitely me too. And then finally also um, in regards to the two teasers that came out today on Twitter, Martin let us know his thoughts on it, saying you can really see the influence not just from Ralph McQuarrie but just the original trilogy in general. Yeah, like we, it's kind of what we were talking about before. Why it does have a different feel to it, but at the same time, it still looks like Star Wars. And then uh, Christoph Keatsman on Facebook said, "To be fair, I think the graphics is much simpler than in, it was in the Clone Wars, but I understand that this is an artistic budget of choice. This might work, I hope. And the Empire era is simpler in terms of aesthetics. I'm really hoping for a good soundtrack. Are you aware if perhaps Kiner is composing the music for this time as well?" Um, I don't think that's officially been announced at all. I don't think Dave Filoni, even Greg Reisman or Simon Kingbird had mentioned at all of what the score is going to be, but I'm not sure where, but I think I remember Kevin Kiner saying he'd like to do it, but he didn't really say if he's been asked or not. So, I mean, he did a great job with Clone Wars, and I would think uh, Dave Filoni would want him to have him back for Rebels, so kind of hoping that 
um, he is back and maybe used more of uh, some themes and scores that we're familiar with from the original trilogies more than the Clone Wars did. Because if anything, that was a little bit that was missing for me in Clone Wars, just some of those classic Star Wars themes that I hope uh, make their return in Rebels. Yeah, well, and um, I mean, I think it would fit more with the time period, too, because uh, with Clone Wars, I think there was room for sort of some more new themes and musical pieces and stuff. And it was always nice when we got those, um, you know, the original trilogy cues and different themes and things like that. Um, but I guess I didn't really, I mean, I loved when we got those in Clone Wars. I didn't feel like we necessarily needed more of it um, because I understood that they were trying to kind of do more new stuff and save those familiar themes for really uh, sort of important moments when that music would be really potent. But I do think it would kind of be more fitting for Rebels to have something that just sort of sounds more similar to the original trilogy. I don't know who's going to do the music either. I haven't heard anything about that. But, uh, yeah, if Kevin Kiner does do it, I think uh, he could do a fine job. Um, two things I was going to mention real quick. One, when you were talking about, um, in uh, those comments, when he was talking about uh, the look of Lothal and the graphics and everything, back when we were talking about that with our first impressions from the trailer, one other thing I was going to mention that that reminded me of is when Ezra is sitting there watching the uh, the ghost and the TIE fighter fly by. I think it's just because he's sitting there like on those big grassy plains, but it also kind of reminded me of in the Clone Wars micro series when there's that little kid on Dantooine who's like huh. watching Mace Windu take down the giant battle yeah. droid ship and then <laughs> Mace Windu does the ridiculous like 10-mile force leap yeah. and lands right <laughs> next to the kid, takes a drink of his water and then like blasts off like freaking Superman. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. But the other thing I was going to mention, too, just speaking of uh, Kevin Kiner, um, is that he recently posted on his website a whole bunch of music from the Clone Wars series. Um, and it's just at kevinkiner.com. Uh, you can go there and listen to all of it for free. And it's, like, more than 50 tracks, I think. It's 57 yeah. or something like that they're not all numbered but it's over 50 and it's a lot of uh different themes and musical cues and stuff from the clone wars a lot of it probably maybe a third or so is from the season five finale arc with ahsoka and those four episodes um which i was happy about because the music for those episodes was really good and i know they did some special stuff with that i think he went and actually recorded that with a live orchestra which he doesn't usually yep. do for most of the series so i was glad that we got all of that music and then um there's a lot of other cool stuff in there too although i guess i was a little bit disappointed just because it was like of all the music that was in there it was still missing kind of some of my personal favorite character themes and stuff like that but it's definitely a great selection and if you're a fan of the clone wars and you like the music you should definitely go check that out yeah, it was definitely a nice surprise to get because there was that rumor that maybe we'll get a soundtrack, but it's kind of the next best thing, really. And like you said, too, I was hoping that they would have the final piece of music that was played when Ahsoka walks away from the Jedi Temple on Anakin because I just love that score, and that was on there. So, like, yes, as yeah. long as I got that, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, and then that was, like, the first one listed on there. So, yeah. I was like, okay, good, that's here. Yeah, I didn't have to wait far or but, look too far down that big old list of songs. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the fact that he released this on his website, at least to me, is saying that we probably never will get like an official Clone Wars soundtrack release. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, this is pretty much the next best thing. And there's a lot of great music on there to listen to. Yeah, and hopefully he keeps it up there for a while. And it's not something that's for a limited time only. Yeah. But um, that was it for our messages on Facebook and Twitter. So 
thanks a lot guys for sending this out. We'd love hearing your feedback whenever we get these big news and announcements. So thank you for letting us know what you thought. Yep. Thank you very much. Now, one last thing before we go, um, we actually have a special giveaway for you guys. Um, this is going to be our first ever sort of contest giveaway type thing that we're doing. Um, and actually we, we sort of hinted at this a while back where we were talking about star Wars attack squadrons and how one of us may or may not have been invited to play the beta and you're not supposed to talk about it and blah, blah, blah. Well, that was me. I got to play the beta (laughs) of it. Um, I think I can talk about it now because that was just like for a weekend or something, but I recently got an invite to uh, a second session of beta testing but it's not just for me. They gave me a code to get in again and also five codes to give away to friends uh, to let them into the beta as well. And I'm like, well, I can tell friends about it in order to give them the code. So I think I can talk about this. Um, I'm still not going to say a whole lot and you know give away a lot of details and stuff. But I am going to do a contest to give away one of these codes to one of our listeners. So what we want to do um, sort of in keeping with Uh, Some of the stuff we've been talking about on this episode, we've been looking forward to season six of The Clone Wars for a long time. We're finally getting that coming out. So in honor of uh, season six slash bonus content slash the lost missions of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, we want to know what your favorite moment or your favorite episode from any of the seasons of Star Wars, The Clone Wars is um, so, uh, go ahead and send us an email at, uh, starwarstsc at gmail.com and, uh, just, you know, let us know, like I said, your favorite, it could be just one moment from an episode. It could be an entire episode. It could be, heck, it could even be a story arc, but just sort of your favorite, uh, part of the Clone Wars. And, um, we'll just give the code away to, uh, who we think, answers the best with, uh, you know, a thoughtful answer. So this isn't like a right answer type thing or whoever answers first. Um, we just want to hear some thoughtful answers from you guys, uh, who have seen the Clone Wars and who like it as much as we do. And, uh, you know, maybe you can make us a laugh. Maybe you'll have some sort of deep, thoughtful response or a really personal, emotional connection to a certain character or a certain episode, or maybe you'll just look at something from a certain perspective that we've never thought of before. And uh, Tim and I will review all the answers that you guys submit, and then we will pick one lucky winner to win a uh, beta code to get to participate in the beta testing of Star Wars Attack Squadrons. Uh, It's a lot of fun, so I hope you guys will enjoy it as much as I have been. Um, I also gave a code to Tim, but he said he's not very good at playing uh, mouse and keyboard games. But we'll work on that and try to get Tim up to speed, too. Um, Yeah, so whoever wins the contest, you can have some fun shooting me down. (laughs) (laughs) Because I probably won't put that uh, good of a fight up. (laughs) Pull up, Tim. You're not doing any good back there. (laughs) No, I got it. I can handle it. No, wait. (laughs) It checked. (laughs) I'll be the Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, again, um, we want to hear you guys' responses. What's your favorite moment or episode from Star Wars The Clone Wars? Send us your replies to TSC at gmail.com. 
And uh, to be fair, we're going to make this contest pretty quick because the beta, this session of beta testing is only open from now until March 3rd. So whoever we give this code away to, we want you to be able to play it for as much time as possible. So we're not going to wait until our next episode to pick the winner. Um, we're recording this episode on Monday night. We're going to try to get this up by Tuesday and we're going to pick the winner by Friday of this week so that we can uh, get this code out to whoever wants it and whoever comes up with the best answer so that you can uh, spend as much time playing this game as you can. So, um, again, that's going to go until, we'll say the end of Friday, I don't know, midnight this Friday and uh, maybe Saturday we'll uh, look at the answers and Tim and I will discuss among ourselves and uh, pick the best answer and then send that code out to one lucky winner. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys can come up with those responses in the next few days. We'll also probably post about this on Facebook and Twitter as soon as we uh, get this episode posted so that uh, we can remind you guys about it and you know all the details and where to send us and all that. But again, it's uh, starwarstsc at gmail.com. Get your responses in by Friday and we will send you uh, one lucky winner. We'll send a beta code to beta test Star Wars Attack Squadrons. So... Uh, have fun. Hope you guys come up with some great responses, and we look forward to getting hopefully a lot of answers and a lot of participation. Um, and of course, um, even though we'll be giving the code out before then on our next episode, we'll probably read uh, all the answers or at least some of the best ones and uh, you know see what you guys thought about the Clone Wars and uh, have some fun looking back on that. So uh, look forward to getting your responses. In the meantime, you know, you can email us any other comments or questions at starwarstsc at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at starwarstsc. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the star Wars, the saga continues. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and leave us a review on there if you enjoy the podcast. So that's it for this episode. Uh, wow, this is one of our longer episodes so far, but we have had a lot of Star Wars Rebel stuff to cover. I know Tim and I are both excited about it, and hopefully all of you guys are excited as we are about Episode 7 and Clone Wars, Lost Missions, and Rebels, and all this other fun and exciting new stuff coming up in the Star Wars universe. So that's it for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. See you later, everybody. Thank you.